in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. No, no, no. All right from TK. That's okay. I got a little bit. I got an echo in my ear. That's okay. We'll, we'll figure this out. Uh, welcome in, everybody. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. It is Friday, November 5th, the day after Thanksgiving. We are live from Oxmoor Ford. We're here from 3 to 6. Uh, it is, a, I know, a holiday, but we're working today because, my God, we got a rivalry game going on tomorrow. It's, it's a big time. We've got things to preview, and we're going to make that happen uh, here at Oxmoor Ford on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. You know it better as the Big X. University of Louisville College of Business studio today. If you want to find out more about how you can get your MBA and feel like you're being paid in the process, go to business.louisville.edu. And then after you're done doing that, stop by Oxmoor. They've got certified pre-owned leads as low as 0% for 36 months. And if you come out this weekend, mention the Big X, you're going to receive $500 off your best deal. So come on out here. Hard to say, Matthew. In say Big X Sports Radio, say Trevor Kelsey. They may not know what you're talking. $500 off your best deal. Time for you out here at Oxmoor Ford. Mike, there you go. Now I can hear you. Yeah, you can. You can hear. I'm on the one. I'm on using the one that kind of. Like I'm kind of far away a little bit. By the way, when you say my name for that deal, they send me the bill. So, they did. <laughs> so please, yeah, just give them Dugan's name at worst. Trevor Kelsey, <laughs> back in the house after a uh, happy to have him. Did you miss me? Of course I did. It, how, was, how, it was well, you know, we were two days, so that was that a little bit easier. You were you were broken. We can't. My ad- you couldn't. You couldn't even go on the show. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I'll say it's that or the fact. Still zero oh, and six. Go home to to Mary's hometown. So yesterday we do. No idea what to expect. I'm all. I'm 
Someone can let me know if we're not. Excuse, does it sound okay? Yep, everything sounds great. Uh, all right, there we go. Uh, I am live at Oxmoor 4 here talking on the radio via Trevor Kelsey's cell phone. This is the height of technology. This is uh, this is where we are right now. If you've stuck with us, then, then God love you. Um, this is the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. We are live from uh, from Oxmoor Ford here on the day after Thanksgiving. Stop by anytime this weekend, and you can save five hundred dollars off your best deal from Oxmoor Ford if you just simply mention the Big E's, the Big X. I said the Big E's, the Big e- the Big East isn't going to save you any money. The Big X will, however, save you five hundred dollars. Mention Trevor Kelsey. Mention the Mike Rutherford Show. Mention uh, if you're a UK fan listening to the show. Mention KRC. Mention uh, you know Nick Roush, TJ Walker, those boys. And uh, you're going to save some money on the best deal they have available for you out here at Oxmoor Ford. First segment, uh, again, 
technical difficulties. We apologize. If you stuck with us through that, then God love you. We appreciate it. We're going to try to get this thing figured out. Uh, Trevor Kelsey is here. You cannot hear him because, again, I'm talking to you just on a cell phone. If you want to text into the show today, the number is always 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. They've still got the Thornton's deal going on right now where if you become a Refreshing Rewards member, they're going to hook you up with a free breakfast sandwich and a, a free drink. Uh, we're talking fountain drink. We're talking coffee. We're talking tea. We're talking a uh, fizz freeze. And the breakfast sandwiches that we're talking about, we're talking sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, steak, and egg burrito. Whatever your choice is, if you become a Refreshing Rewards member today, they're going to hook you up with a free sandwich and a free drink. Uh, we're here today on the day after Thanksgiving. It's a holiday for most people, but we're working. I mean, my God, we're doing this on a cell phone right now with a, with, with no working Comrex. We're doing it for you. We're, we're doing it because... You guys want to hear take, takes on the battles for the Governor's Cup. I'm sure you want to hear at least some reaction from Louisville's last game in Maui and what the hell's going on with the basketball program. So we're here uh, until 6 o'clock to try to get you ready for tomorrow's game. Here's This is my overall take on the battle for the Governor's Cup. I, I, it does feel like we do this every year in terms of the stakes for this game have never been higher. It's not just about bragging rights. It's about program direction. That narrative, maybe it's been overblown in some years past. I do think that it's more applicable, at least on the Louisville side, than it has been most years for this rivalry. Because here's the the, the long and short of it for this UVL football program, which as of right now, the vibes around the program for the first time in a long time are, I don't think I'm overstating it when I say overwhelmingly positive. <clears throat> People feel good about Scott Satterfield. They feel good about the fact that this season has gone from in the ACC, this guy may get fired after a loss to Virginia, to suddenly winning five of six, having the program's first four-game winning streak since 2016, uh, and suddenly being four and four in the ACC and having a realistic shot to knock off your rival, who just a few weeks ago was ranked in the nation's top ten. So the vibes are positive right now. And then you toss in, of course, the the much-talked-about recruiting class, which is the highest-ranked in the history of the football program, or set to be the highest-ranked in the history of the football program, and suddenly, for the first time since Lamar Jackson left campus, I think UofL fans are feeling a little bit optimistic about the direction of the program. I'm not saying that that completely gets nuked if you lose to Kentucky, certainly if you lose decisively to Kentucky for a fourth straight time tomorrow, but it will take a gigantic hit. I think a lot of people right now who are sitting here, and, and, and I can't tell you for sure, I may fall into this category as well. A lot of people who are sitting here saying, I feel good about the state of things. The season is a success. The over-under win total at Vegas was set either at 5.5 or 6.5. Either way, this Louisville team has already overachieved. They, they've already won the seven games. They've had the type of season that most people said they were looking for going in. Satterfield, at the very least, has done a satisfactory job. He's the guy moving forward. Regardless of what happens against Kentucky, I'm going to feel good about this season. You can say that right now. If Louisville goes out tomorrow, again, in a game that seems to be, at least on paper, something of a toss-up, a very winnable game. The spread right now is at three. It's on UK's home field. That says that you know the, all the analytics, all the stats say this is a coin flip type game. If you go out there and for the fourth time in a row, you get beat decisively by your arch rival, and they just look superior to you. There are people right now who are saying, I'm not going to get mad about this game, I'm not going to get mad about this game, who are going to get mad about this game. I might get mad about this game. 
all the talk. I mean, this game means so much to so many people, and it's the last game of the regular season. It sticks with you longer than, than any other game on the schedule. If Louisville goes out there and kind of lays an egg for the fourth straight time, you're going to have some people who today are saying Satterfield's the guy, Satterfield's the dude, who are saying Satterfield can't get it done when the, when the lights are the brightest. That's just a fact. If, on the other end, Louisville's able to win this game, take back the state, bring the Governor's Cup back home for the first time since 2017, Satterfield has a glorious opportunity to be the man. You've got a basketball program, men's basketball program right now, that is struggling at a historic level, 0-6 for the first time since the 40s. I mean, we mentioned at the beginning, this is a record-setting team for all the wrong reasons through the first three weeks. Basketball struggling. We can have debates about Kenny Payne, but for the time being, he's not going to be anybody's most popular man on Floyd Street. If Satterfield wins this game, he has a gigantic opportunity just to go from the guy that everybody wanted fired in early October to the guy that everybody wants to extend, to the guy that everybody feels like has a chance to be the man to get Louisville football back to where we want this program to be. He's had this opportunity before. There have been times over the last two years, many times over the last two years, unfortunately, where men's basketball has been struggling. The fan base has wanted something to latch on to. He's had the opportunity to grab that by the horn. I think you can say the same thing about last year's UK game. And in every one of those opportunities, the team has fallen flat on its face. If he gets it done tomorrow, whew, all of a sudden the vibes around U of L football are the most positive they've been. Assuming that you're able to, to keep this recruiting class locked down for next month during the, uh, the early signing period when that opens up in December, the vibes become the most positive they've been since Lamar Jackson left campus. For Kentucky, you're already kind of looking at this season as a bit of a disappointment. That's not rivalry talk. I mean, if you're a UK fan listening to the show, I think you say the same thing. The opportunity for this to be another positive season, another big-time successful season, it probably went out the window when you lost to Vanderbilt. But you still have the opportunity, and this is the good thing about having this game now in the last week of the regular season. You still have the opportunity, if you beat Louisville tomorrow, to say 3-5 and five in the SEC, 7-5 and five overall. It's not what we expected the season to be, but at least we still own Louisville, right? You guys still play in the ACC. We still play in the SEC. We still play big boy football. You can talk about bridging this gap all you want. Gap hadn't been bridged four years in a row. This state's ours. And rivalry stuff matters. I mean, Mark Stoops, early on, UK fans were as mad about continuing to lose to Louisville as they were anything else. And when they pulled the massive upset on Lamar Jackson and company in 2016, it it didn't save Stoops' job, but it certainly kept the, the the overwhelming theme of the fan base from being completely negative going into that 2017 season. Fans were more patient with Stoops and what he was trying to build than they would have been otherwise. And I think that, and I've been saying this for a few weeks now, it's probably less applicable now than it was when Kentucky was looking a little bit stronger, but the opportunity for Scott Satterfield this year is very similar to the one that Stoops had in 2016. I think Louisville fans who are the who, who are hoping for everything to go perfectly, they know that this isn't the finished product. They know that this season, going 8-4, and four, should not be the pinnacle. It shouldn't be as, as high as this program gets. They're hoping for better days ahead. But if you're able to 
to flip the rivalry on its head, which has been one-sided basically since, again, since Lamar Jackson left campus, if you're able to flip it back for the first time, it's a nice sign of things to come for the fan base. We're not there yet. Recruits are on the way. And we're showing you now with wins and losses that, that, that we're building something here. And that's what Stoops did in 2016. They, they turned around in 2017, and they probably weren't as good as they, the fan base wanted them to be. But they've gotten there, and they've reaped those benefits in recent years. I think that's what Louisville fans are hoping happens on Saturday. For UK, if you lose the game, it's – look, the, the, the season goes from just being kind of a, a failure or not what they wanted to a colossal failure. You were top 10. You were talking about you know, competing with Georgia for the East Division. You were talking about the dream season. This was maybe the best season of any of our lifetimes. And then you lose to Vandy, a team that had not won an SEC game in four years. And you lose to, Kentucky, to Louisville, a team that you had just thoroughly dominated for the last three years and that you seem to be better than for the bulk of the season. It's an all-systems failure. And it also comes four weeks removed, we found out now, from Mark Stoops getting a contract extension. That becomes the storyline for UK football is you extended this guy quietly, you didn't make it public, but you were worried about Nebraska, or you were worried about Ole Miss, you were worried about Auburn, you were worried about whoever was going to come calling, you gave him a contract extension, you're paying him more money than you're paying John Calipari now, and he turned right around and lost every game he played to end the regular season, including an embarrassing loss to Vandy, and an embarrassing loss, given where you thought the two programs were going into the season, to Louisville. The stakes are incredibly high, and if you're looking at it from more just a, a surface level, Louisville probably has a, a tier to gain in their bowl affiliation with a win. If they win, you're talking Sun Bowl. You're talking maybe you know, a better bowl like that. If you lose, we're back to talking the, the Fenway, the pinstripe, those lower tier bowl games. So it is, a, it is a huge, huge game for both programs. If you're asking me which one do I think has more to lose and more to gain, it's probably Louisville. Um, UK, the fans are pissed off. They're only going to get more pissed off if they lose. And if they win, it won't be this euphoric type feeling that I think Louisville fans will have with a win. It'll be a, huh, point and laugh. You guys are still little brother. We may not have been as good as we thought we were going to be. We're still way better than you. And that's the way it's going to be moving forward. So, I mean, it has been, I know I said this before the Clemson game. It's been a while since I've been this excited going into at least a rivalry game, going into the battle for the Governor's Cup. Last year, I was, I was excited. I had extreme reservations about Louisville's ability to win that game. I thought they would keep it closer than they did. And my worst fears, and I think the worst fears of everybody, were realized very, very quickly when it was apparent that UK was just going to dominate that thing, and that's exactly what they did. I'll be, and and I run the risk of saying the same types of things last year that blew up in, in everybody's faces, I'll be surprised if Louisville isn't at least competitive this year. And I know it's like, fool me five times, shame on you. If they don't keep it within, I mean, what do you want to say, two or three scores? They're a three-point underdog. They have played better than Kentucky in recent weeks. I know that the ACC isn't the SEC, but my God, Missouri wouldn't be much better in the ACC than they are in the SEC, and Kentucky couldn't win that game. Louisville has not beaten up on nobodies in recent weeks. Wake Forest, NC State, they may not be world beaters. They're good teams in the grand scheme of things. If you're looking at them relative to the rest of college football, those are good teams. Louisville beat them both. And Louisville played a very good team in Clemson and kept it respectable. My point is this. I'm not guaranteeing Louisville wins this game. If they don't keep it respectable for a fourth straight time, then it's not just about these two teams. It's about a mental thing. And I think you've seen that with Scott Satterfield's comments this week. He hasn't talked that openly about the game. He hasn't said 
things at length. He hasn't gone into the you know, to, to details about the past, but he has mentioned this program, these players, they've got to keep their heads in this game. And you've seen the last, especially last season, Kentucky comes out, they go right down the field, they score a touchdown. Louisville answers. They come right out, they go right down the field, they score a touchdown. Everybody's thinking game on. Everybody's thinking here comes the, you know, the, the high-scoring affair. Both defenses are not great. Both offenses are fantastic. And then there's a little bit of a scuffle. Malik Cunningham gets it to it with some UK guys and loses his mind. And everybody at that, after that point, I don't know if it was just because they saw the quarterback kind of get shaken a little bit, but everybody seemed rattled, and they never got their composure back. And let's be real. like, like It's a rivalry game, and historically under Mark Stoops, UK's players have liked to come in and mix it up a little bit. They were doing this when they were getting their ass kicked by us. They were, they were having their walk-ons come in, try to start fights at midfield, try to get in people's heads. It didn't work back then. It has absolutely worked in recent years. And if Louisville doesn't keep their composure, especially now with the game back, being back in Lexington, it's probably going to portend bad things for them. If they just can keep their head, if they just can keep doing what they've been doing so effectively for the last month and a half, they should be in a position to win the game. If not... It's looking like the last three years. Not saying 52-31 bad, but, but probably bad. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line, by the way. You can text us. I do like that, once again, we're going to try our best here, if we can ever get Trevor on the show as well. We're going to try our best here to keep most of the focus on football. But, and TK, you know this, like whenever we try to talk a lot of football in basically November on, and there's a juicy storyline with basketball and in this case the juicy storyline is the basketball team being historically bad it's all anybody wants to bring up like like i i know we're all excited about this football game tomorrow but like the text line right now is all just like oh my god kenny Payne. oh my god and and that's the way it was on wednesday too we tried to keep it focused we tried to to you know not pay as much attention to basketball but that's the way it's going to be uh, we've got to, i'm streaming the Nobody called the feds. I'm streaming the game illegally here, the USA-England game, so hopefully I'm not too far behind. But uh, it's still soccer term, nil-nil here as we approach the uh, as we approach extra time, the 90th minute here going off. Uh, Americans have, like I said, very aggressive, controlled the play for a lot of time in the first half. And in the second half, they've been kind of on their heels a little bit. England's had a bunch of chances, and uh, England's about to have a corner kick here. Four minutes of stoppage time coming up. Car, uh, Mar- I almost said the cards. Americans now, best case scenario, it feels like you're shooting for a point. Hang on here. Get the point. Beat Iran, and, and you're through. So uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated there. I did mention this in passing earlier. The U of L women's basketball team was actually already in action today after their, I think you could say, disappointing one and two run at the battle for Atlantis. They also played without Haley Van Lith today. The star was was a little bit dinged up. Je- Jeff Wall said after the game she could have played, but they wanted to give her a few extra days of rest. But the Cards, no issues whatsoever against Longwood. They controlled things from start to finish. Had 35 points in the first quarter. They go on to uh, to route the Lancers 100 to 37. Six different players scored in double figures for U of L. Uh, Narika Kono got some great run. That was awesome to see. Peyton Verholz played very well. It was a uh, it was a nice bounce back effort from from the Cards after again they beat. It, it's weird to say a disappointing effort at the Battle for Atlantis because they, they beat the number three team in the country in Texas, but they went one and two. That was not their you know the, the, their expectations going into that event. So nice to see them come back and get a home victory. Peyton Burroughs, by the way, finished with a career high, 16 points on 7 of 9 shooting. Morgan Jones added 15 points. She only played 18 minutes. Uh, so props to the cards. Props to Jeff Walsh for getting it done. We needed something positive. It has been 
I mean, I, I remember this summer, early this summer, maybe even last spring, Trevor and I looking ahead of the schedule and saying, like, this sports week, my God. Like, this is, this, these are the types of weeks that you dream about during the, the desert of May and June and July and August. You've got Louisville and Maui. You've got the women's team in Atlantis. You've got, I mean, Lions on Thanksgiving for me. You've got USA in the World Cup on Monday and Friday. You've got you know, all these basketball games going on at all times. And then you've got UK, UofL in the battle for the Governor's Cup on Saturday. It has gone as poorly as it could possibly go for me personally. There's no other way around it. I mean, Louisville is historically bad at Maui. We've had our transfers that have left the program play very well. Bobby Pedford hits a last-second shot to, to, although he wasn't a transfer, but we had him. He was a commit, and we let him go, and he went to Kansas. He hits a last-second shot uh, for Kansas yesterday to win their game in their MTE. We've got the Lions coming tantalizingly close to beating the Bills and then blowing up in my face. We've got the U of L women's team not playing particularly well uh, in Atlantis. And now we've got uh, hopefully what will be a good Governor's Cup. And now we've oh, I thought England just scored. <laughs> I was about to say it was going to lead in perfectly to an England goal. But we need we need something good to happen. And that something good has to be Saturday. I feel like the scene, and I know Trevor bailed on the show, but there's a really good scene <laughs> in Friday Night Lights, the third season where you know Coach Taylor and Smash they're playing uh, they're, they're playing squash. And, and, you know, Smash is like, why do you care so much about this? And he's like, because I need something good to happen. And that's how I feel right now about tomorrow's football game. We did have something semi-good while we're trying to, to rein in the positivity here. Uh, on Wednesday, after we got off the air at 6.30, the UofL uh, volleyball team took down Notre Dame, straight sets. They sweep. They win at least, a, well, I guess they did win a share of the ACC title. They split it with Pitt, the team that they split their regular season series with. So the cards, third straight ACC regular season championship, and they've now won uh, the ACC title, at least a share of it, in five of the last eight years. So props to Danny Busman, Kelly, and company as they now get ready for postseason play. Chasing that elusive, I, mean, I say elusive, they've really been in the mix for one year, but chasing that, uh, that first national title for the program. They got to the Final Four last year. Here's hoping they can get over the hump. We are nearing the end here of stoppage time between USA and England. Looking like it's going to be a nil-nil draw for the Americans, which is a good result. It will now put them in a spot where two, two, get, two matches, two points, beat Iran in your final, and you're in. And um, draw, and you're out. So you're going to have to – well, I guess probably technically you could not be out. I, I guess you could – theoretically they could draw out and still win, uh, but they would have to have – England and Wales, um, both, well, I don't know, I guess Wales would have to, no, I guess they can't, they're going to have to win. Math not a strong suit of the Rutherford show here, they're going to have to beat Iran, and now it is a final, the Americans draw England, nil-nil, Americans now two matches, two points, beat Iran, they're on to the knockout stages, lose or tie, they're going home early, So, so props to... Greg Burhalter and company, at least getting a point against the group favorites there. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line if you've got, uh, if you've got comments. Texter says, um, you're talking about Kenny Payne? It's Kenny Payne's birthday. Well, happy birthday to Kenny Payne. Here's hoping we're celebrating a victory on, uh, on Tuesday when you come back home and uh, take on Maryland in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Would be a nice, would be a nice first win to have against a quality opponent. Maryland's off to a much better start than anybody thought they were going to. Hopefully they can, uh, they can pull off a victory. But happy birthday, KP. Hopefully better days are ahead for, for you and for all of us. Uh, Texture says at this point I'm rooting for a one in 29 season with the lone win being over Kentucky. 
as funny as that would be, I can't say that I'm rooting for it. It would be peak comedy. It, it did remind me of the 2018 season, and, and it, this was my stance on the radio, when it got so bad that Petrino was, was about to get fired, and then later when he was fired, I was like, you know, at this point, just if we're not going to be competitive, let's lose these games by as much as possible to try and set up the most hilarious win in rivalry series history if we are able to beat Kentucky in that game. And we did the first part of that. We lost every single game by 50 points, by giving up 50 or more points and not scoring nearly close to 50 points. But then against Kentucky, they it just kind of went the way it was supposed to. So 1-29 with a win over UK would be hilarious. It, I'm still rooting for, for more than one victory. we got Scoots producing the show today, and we should give an update here on the, the bet, if you want to refer to it as... Scoots took uh, Eastern Michigan to win more games than Louisville this year. GK uh, took the cards. They have $500 riding on this, which makes this also one of the funniest bets in the history of, of gambling <laughs> because through six games, Louisville is winless. We, we, we've established that. The cards have no victories. Eastern Michigan has also played six games. They have won one, and it was over a non-Division one opponent in Wayne State. <laughs> They have. Does that count? It counts. It counts on their official record. So almost a month into the season, we're at one to nothing here in this race to what? It feels like a race to five. I don't know. Um, the Eastern Michigan. I mean, it looked terrible for Trevor early on because EMU wins their first game. Then they damn near beat Michigan on night two. Since then, they have, however, been destroyed by Bradley, lost in overtime to a bad Oakland team, lost to a bad Purdue-Fort Wayne team, and then been hammered by Winthrop. They do play UC San Diego on Sunday, a game where they will be favored. That's one that Scoots has to have circled. They need that victory if he's going to make it. may be an insurmountable two-game lead here in this in this bet, but that has been your, your Trevor and Scoots update. I think, Mike I, Mike, I think one win might do it. What I mean, if it, if it ended one nothing, that would be that also would be the funniest possible way to win five hundred dollars. I think uh, we're talking worst bets of all time. But if if Eastern Michigan went one and thirty and Louisville went zero and thirty one, that might be the funniest way to win five hundred dollars. So Trevor's he's ashamed. He's not feeling confident about this bet again. But look, the weird thing about the bet is EMU was we looked up they were like two hundred sixty seventh on Ken Palm. It was bad. They've been even worse than we thought they were going to be. They they're three hundred and tenth on Ken Palm. And yet they still might be the favorites to win this bet after after six six games on both sides. All right, uh, we're going to try to figure out how we're going to do the show moving forward. Maybe it'll just be me on the cell phone for two more hours. God, I hope not. I'm really hoping we can find some other way to do this. But it, it looks like I'm just talking in, in the middle of Oxmoor uh, Toyota here. But uh, stop by and see us, uh, Oxmoor Ford. Stop by and see us. Again, mention the Big X. You're going to save $500. It's going to be a great time. We're all having fun here. Everybody take the picture, Dugan. We're having a great time. Go for cards. Uh, we'll be right back here with more of the Mike Rutherford Show here on Alright, welcome back in. This is the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Trevor doesn't help that you laugh every time I do it. <laughs> We're live at Oxmoor Ford here. Uh, we'll be here until 6 o'clock. I'm once again just doing the show on Trevor's cell phone, which looks... I mean, I look like a madman over here. I'm here. We have all this radio equipment in front of me. We're using none of it. I'm sitting here 
looking like I'm just having a very one-sided phone conversation about sports. People are walking by. I'm sure just like, is this guy going to let the other guy talk at all? Like, he's, he's screaming. Why is he talking so loud about the Louisville-Kentucky football game? Uh, it feels it feels horrible. Why is he ignoring the man next to him? And, and it doesn't help that you and Dugan are laughing every time that I come back on and I have to do this. But uh, we're doing the best we can here, the struggles of modern technology. We do have Scooter Dingus back at the uh, at the studio, which also feels fun to say in, in public, just belting that out. But, uh, Scoot, we may have to, to, I may have to bring you in here for a little bit. I don't know if I can do this for two hours. We may talk a little IU basketball today. How's that feel? Come on, I'm in. <laughs> they're looking good. They're feeling good. Yeah, let's. Uh, they're back. Let's talk some good basketball. How about it? Let's, let's talk some good basketball. They are, you know, there's something to aspire to if you're a Louisville fan. Trevor, programs. For all your listeners out there, Trevor actually texted me last night and said, "How about I get Eastern Michigan and Louisville wins versus half of Indiana's wins?" <laughs> He's letting me know that you. Uh, you took Louisville and Eastern Michigan's wins versus Indiana's wins. Half, 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 half of Indiana's wins. That's a, that may not be a bad bet for you. Uh, those are times. But if you are looking, I guess we can spin this into a serious sports take. I guess if you are looking for some sort of optimism right now, if you're a Louisville men's basketball fan, maybe you can look at what Mike Woodson's done, uh, a guy who similar background to Kenny Payne, I guess. Uh, though he had more success in year one than it looks like Payne's probably going to have. And now they're they're reaping the benefits of a little bit of, of patience and having a hire that maybe didn't get the best best reaction nationally. I, I don't know. I, I'm spinning my wheels. I'm trying to maybe that's something good. I don't, I've got no idea. Here's because we will I, I'll go to the text line. If people have more thoughts on the football game, we can get back to that. I've got some stats that I'll throw at you. Um, some, some recent trends in the rivalry, some recent trends for Louisville season. But if we're going to talk a little a bit of basketball, which I guess we have to, considering Louisville has played a game since the last time we were on the air, it didn't go great. That's a spoiler if, you have, if you're still waiting for three days to watch the Cincinnati game to find out if the Cards won seventh place in Maui. They didn't. It went poorly. It went a lot like, honestly, the other two games in Maui. A little bit less one-sided when things went awry because Cincinnati is not nearly as good as either Texas Tech or Arkansas. But <clears throat> the overall flow of the game felt similar to those two where the cards come out, they play with energy. You're thinking, okay, like, like this is this is what we want to see. We want to see this effort. We want to see this heart. They play, they string together some good sequences. They feel like they're in the game. And then, boom, something happens and this team allows a group of snow flurries to turn into an avalanche, which has been their problem all season long. And I think the, the moment where everything started to go sideways, you know what it was. Louisville hits a driving layup, L. Ellis does, to put the cards ahead 30-28 to 28 in the closing seconds of the first half, and you're thinking, momentum into halftime. What a novel concept. Here we go. We're feeling good. This might be the night. And then David DeJulius, who was a, formerly at Michigan, comes down lifts for a, I don't know, what, 30-32-footer, 30, and every Louisville fan watching, be be honest with yourself. I thought it, you thought it, we all thought it. We knew it was going in. You knew right when that ball left his hands. Like, I'd already accepted, like, man, 31-30's not that bad. It bank, He banks it in. All of a sudden, Cincinnati has the momentum going into the half, and it seemed like they never really recovered from that moment. And I don't know if you can blame the shot on everything that transpired in the second half, but from that point forward, they look like a different team. They came out. They did not have the same energy in the second half that they had in the first. They allowed the momentum that Cincinnati had to just snowball. And the game 
got away from them very quickly. The turnovers came back. They couldn't make a shot. They couldn't defend at all. They didn't defend at all. And UC shot 72% from the field in the second half and, and ran away with a 19-point victory. So, all told, it wasn't shocking that Louisville went 0-3 in Maui, even though Trevor guaranteed a win. It, wasn't, it still wasn't shocking. You, you knew they were going to be an underdog in all three games they played. And they were. But the fact that they weren't... I don't think it's it's overstating it. They weren't remotely competitive. They were in a couple of the games for a while, but they lost all three games by 19 points or more. They lost three games by a total of 77 points. Now, Kelly Dickey looked it up. There have been worse runs in Maui, all by Shamanad. Shamanad's had five times where they've lost uh, all three games by 20 points or more. As far as D1 teams are considered... Louisville's the first ever to lose all three of its games in Maui by 19 points or more. The 77 total wasn't the lowest of all time because I think like NC State or somebody had lost all three games and one of them came by like 45. But you see what I'm saying. <laughs> it was a, again, a historically bad run in Maui for any D1 team. And for it to be us, a team that is one of the best in the history of the sport, is especially jarring. You want, you want me to say it? Top six program all time in the sport. Top six. That's who they are. It's who we still are. Uh, we'll see what happens with Indiana this year. Maybe they can creep back up. But for now, we're still a top six sport, a team in the sport all time. For it to happen that way, it it took away, I think, what you were hoping you were going to be able to say after the Invitational, which was, even if they went 0-3, we saw signs of progress. I'm not sure there were that many signs of progress. And maybe... Maybe they were, and we'll start reaping the benefits when they, they come back here and, and start playing these games against, again, quality opponents moving forward besides Florida State in the weeks to come. Maybe we'll see the benefits of, of playing really good competition in Maui. But watching those three games on back-to-back days, the problems that we saw against App State, Bellarmine, and Wright State were the problems we saw against three better teams in Maui. And the effort continued to fluctuate. They played hard for stretches. They kind of gave up for stretches. The turnovers are horrendous. The lack of guard, guess what? That's not going to get better. We, we just, we, unless one is miraculously spawned, unless we have some sort of uh, Stefan Arkell-type machine that can replicate players on this team, we're not going to get a new guard. It, it's not, like, the team is the team, and that's not great news for L. Ellis and company. The, the issues weren't getting better. The offense hasn't improved. The defense was, was bad. And... It did not give a whole lot of hope for this team turning things around to the point that you could feel good about whatever the final record is coming up here in three and a half months. It, it was, it, it was, it is what it is at this point. It, it's an 0 and 6 start. They're bad. They don't look like they are going to turn things around to a point where they could win. And you know, people keep talking about the 10 win line. I don't think that they're approaching that right now unless something changes dramatically. Maybe the time off is going to help them, but. It was not an overly encouraging weekend in Maui, week in Maui. And I think the thing that really, the thing that made it worse was watching the other games in Maui. Because you'd watch, you know, you'd watch Louisville lose, and then, for instance, Tuesday night, after they just completely laid down in the second half against Texas Tech, you watch Arkansas Creighton. And it looks like you're watching a different sport. You've got athletes everywhere. You've got everybody going nuts, the players on the floor for every loose ball. You've got... You know, fast break dunks. You've got shot making happening. It was just a such a thoroughly entertaining game, and you felt like the <clears throat> like the the little kid 
holding on to the chain link fence meme, like looking in and at the, uh, the other kids in the playground and being like, why isn't that me? That should be us. What are we doing here? And I mean, even if you, if you watch games other than Maui, you flip around some of the other tournaments, you flip around and watch the, the Gotham classic, you, you flip around and you watch, you know, Kansas playing NC state, you flip around, you watch the PK 80 games yesterday. And it's just, it, it just seems like we are so far behind the rest of the country. And, I don't think anybody, again, to get back to a discussion we've had a million times already this season, I don't think that people thought that Kenny Payne would immediately have this thing fixed. The amount of people that were thinking this team could win 20 to 25 games was was low. But we all thought it would be better than this. We all thought that we would have a product on the court that at least looked like it belonged in the sport, like it could at least potentially win six, seven games in the ACC and make things interesting. And so far, we we look like a shell of our former selves and it's hard. It's tough to watch. And I think that, you know, I, on Wednesday show before the Cincinnati game, my big point was you're seeing all these emotions from the fan base. And, and I think that that's a good thing. It shows that people still care. The, the concern really starts to set in. If you see apathy, if, if you see the, the, you know, the fan base, just, just stop caring. And a lot of people responded to that and said, I'm seeing more apathy. Like, I, I think you're you're kind of overstating the emotions that are at play right now. Apathy has been setting in. You're seeing it with the attendance. You're seeing it with, you know, I've got friends that aren't even watching the games or that are turning it off six minutes in. And maybe that's right. Maybe I am just kind of selling the, the apathetic nature of the fan base, the growing apathy a little bit short. And that is worrisome because this fan base has put up with a lot since the fall of 2015. They have gotten themselves excited for this program getting back numerous times when it seemed like that was you know, on the horizon. They've picked themselves off, off the mat every single time when that hasn't happened. And now it's, it's setting in that not only is this season going to be a slog, but there might not be help on the way as soon as we're hoping it is. And Kenny Payne is the only guy who can change that. Kenny Payne and the staff, if they want to eliminate that concern and this is going to be a conversation that you're going to hear <laughs> let's be real a million times between now and, and and early march there's only one way to fix it for next year there's only one way to accelerate this this rebuilding process you're gonna to have to get some big time transfers you're going i mean start keeping tabs now start looking at guys who maybe are killing it at the mid-major level or guys who are super talented but not getting as much run as they'd like to on a top 25 team, start tabulating a list because that is the only way. Yeah, start start getting the money together. And if you don't want to do it, if you, if you don't want to be the guy who goes back on your NIL stance, I don't know, start talking to somebody else who maybe can do it for you. Because that's got to, however you can get these players in for next year, you have got to make it happen. Because you can survive, and I, I, I use air quotes with that, you can survive a season like the one that you're having right now. It's year one. Some people out there are going to make excuses for that. I think everybody was going to be patient to an extent. Everybody has a different level. I mean, I didn't expect this to be a tournament team, but I wanted to see a better product on the court. I wanted to see more evidence that Kenny Payne is the guy who can, can get Louisville basketball being back to national title good once he gets the talent in place. We're not seeing that yet. People are going to be okay as long as you get to, I mean what's the, the minimum here like seven eight wins six wins whatever the threshold is people are going to have patience for one year if it's not 
markedly better, not just better, if it's not markedly better in year two, the patience is going to run out. This is Louisville. This is not Ball State. This is no, no offense to the Cardinals. This is not a program that is used to having, you know, 20 lost seasons, under 500 seasons. Louisville's lost 20 games one time in the history of the program, once. It looks like it's going to be twice this year. People are going to be okay for this year. But if you're not NCAA tournament good next year, and that is where the bar should be, the patience is going to run out. Trevor, are you okay? I made the newspaper got in my throat. Newspaper got in your throat. Okay. That's the first time I've held a paper in a decade. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to stay focused on the phone over here. <laughs> That's where the bar is for year two. I'm not, you know, I, I said going into Satterfield season this year, my bar is seven games. Didn't change. He's hit it. Props to him. He's gotten the job done. Bar for a year two, at this program, in this day and age with NIL and immediately eligible transfers, has to be NCAA tournament. If you want to set yours lower, then so be it. I think that's a mistake. Look at how quickly other programs are turning their seasons around, their programs around. I know I, I mentioned this on Wednesday, but look at the other programs who are caught in the, the NCAA's crosshairs. If you want to talk about Kenny Payne not being a guy who could go to transfers, who could go to recruits and say, look, I guarantee we're going to be eligible for the 2023 NCAA tournament. Sure. Did it have an effect on his ability to recruit? Did it have an effect on his ability to land some big-time transfers? I'm sure it did. Every other program that was dealing with the IARP was in the exact same boat. I know Louisville's situation overall was a little bit different when it comes to being a repeat offender, but those programs couldn't tell recruits definitively they're going to be eligible for the tournament. They couldn't do it. You couldn't do it with a straight face. You think programs weren't negatively recruiting against Memphis and LSU and Arizona and Kansas? They were. Those programs all went out and got guys. Some of them didn't get, you know, the the Malachi Smiths of the world, the Imani Bates of the world. They, they didn't get the, the biggest names out there. They all went out and got players who are playing big-time roles for them right now. They all went out and got players that were going to make them better this season. And look at what they're doing. Kansas, not as good as they were a year ago, which is understandable considering they won a national title, but still certainly a top-10 team in the sport and going to remain a top-10 team in the sport. Arizona just won the tournament that we went 0-3 in and looked damn impressive doing so. They're, they, were, they were a one seed last year. They're probably a top-five team right now. LSU, with Matt McMahon, a coach who would have crawled here to coach L, would have done anything to coach this program. Goes to LSU, brings a couple of his Murray State guys over, goes out and gets another group of kind of middling recruits and transfers compared to what LSU's used to getting, and they're undefeated right now. They haven't played quality competition, but, I mean, before we got to Maui, neither had we. Memphis, you know, dealing with the same cloud. They are at least competitive. I said, by the way, thank you for the correction. LSU uh, did just lose last night for the first time, or Wednesday night for the first time, 61-59 to, to Kansas State. So they're 5-1. and one. I think we'd all take 5-1 and one at this point. Memphis gets beat on a last-second shot the other night. We would still would take their roster. Like, And they were dealing with more level one violations than we were. So were there reasons, is there a rationale for Kenny Payne not having the type of roster that we hope he's going to have moving <laughs> forward, the type of roster that we're used to seeing at Louisville? Sure. Is there a justification for being as bad as it is? No. It, there's no reason for it to be this bad. And if you're willing to give him a pass for year one, okay. I don't think he deserves a full pass. I think he has to be held accountable for at least a portion of 
this being as woefully bad as it is, but there's got to be a limit to that pass too. It can't extend into year two. It can't. You've you've got reasons now. You've got the ability now to go out and make a roster that is so much better than the one you have this in this current season. And if he's not able to make this team NCAA tournament good in year two, I'm not saying you definitively pull the plug, but you've got to be critical. The, the, the criticism has to be ratcheted up a thousand times higher than it is right now. Here's hoping we can see some progress coming home because Maui was not the boost, the jolt of confidence that I think we all were hoping it was going to be. And watching these other teams play early in November, it only hammers home just how far behind it seems like Louisville is. I do like that he's maintaining. Like Kenny Payne is not switching up his his post-game press conference. If you're mad at how seemingly like monotone and level-headed he is or even keeled he is, that's fine. That, that, that's one thing. But he's not switching up what he's doing. Like, like he clearly believes in, in what, what he's doing. He clearly believes in the, the culture that he's building. And if nothing else, then uh, like, that's refreshing to see. Even if it's wrong, at least he's sticking with it for now. If it is right, he's not wavering. He mentioned after the game on, on Wednesday night, you know, I'm not panicking. He said, I tell the kids all the time, don't panic. The only time you need to panic is if you see me panicking and I'm not going to panic. So, I mean – that's at least nice to hear. He he drove home the point again that you know these players they understand that we care about them, that we love them, they love us, they they care about us. Um, at some point, all that talk is going to have to be accompanied with some wins, or at least some not so embarrassing losses. But for now, he's trying to drive home the culture thing, and you know that that's that's something. He's an easy guy to root for. I I'll say it again. I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. I want Kenny Payne to be successful more than anything. I think the best case scenario for this program is that he is the guy who brings him back. He's a former player. He's clearly beloved in this community. Everyone who's ever encountered him has spoken spoken glowingly about his personality, about just, just his overall demeanor. He seems to be a great human being. But if he's not the guy, you, you got to figure it out as quickly as possible. Because you don't want to be playing. We don't want to be talking about a rebuild in 2025 for whoever the next coach is. You don't want to be. You, you want them to be starting off with a little bit of momentum. Or you want Payne to be the guy who's building that momentum. And right now, there are, let's be real, there are red flags out there that you just, you, you, you can't in good faith ignore. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line. We'll take some text here. Texter says, is it weird for me to still view KP as a UK guy? He played here, yes, but he was there a lot longer and did more damage to us while also helping UK succeed quite a bit against us and in postseason, mainly with recruits and big man development. It, it's a fair text. I, I think this, it kind of comes down to age. And I said this when he was in the, um, the the running to be the head coach in 2018 and then this offseason. I'm right there with the texture in terms of like when I think about Kenny Payne, even now, like Obviously, the first thing that comes to my mind is him being the current UofL head coach. But if I'm thinking about his past, I think about him more as like a UK guy because that's all I know him as. I was a, a small child when he graduated from UofL. I've, I have no recollection of Kenny Payne as a Louisville Cardinal player. I've seen, 
I've watched games. I've, I've watched it. I always remembered him as the guy who had the chain. I remember how badly my dad talked about it, like hurt seeing him over there on the UK sidelines. And it was something that they couldn't possibly resonate with me because I don't have any conscious memories of watching him play for U of L. I've watched him sit on the sidelines, but side John Calipari for a long time. That's how I remember him. That's how I view him. That, that's how I know him. And so I think for a lot of U of L fans who are my age or certainly younger, that's how he's known. And it's understandable. It's like if, if let's say, Peyton Siva is in the same boat that Kenny Payne is 15, 20 years from now, and he winds up going to UK as an assistant coach, and he's there for a long time. The 20-year-old kids that are following college basketball and following UofL, they're not going to know Peyton Siva as the, the UofL great. They'll know of him as the UofL great, but their memories of him are going to be sitting on the UK bench. And I think it's hard for fans from different generations to kind of understand one another because you know I saw the emotion from all the the older fans at the the Kenny Payne introductory press conference when they saw the former players who were in attendance when they saw Kenny Payne back wearing U of L stuff and like like I thought it was cool as somebody who loves and embraces the history of U of L basketball but it didn't impact me as much as it impacted them because I'd never experienced that and the only way that I can I think understand how they feel or understand a portion of how they felt is trying to imagine if 20 years from now you've got Russ Smith coming home to coach Louisville basketball and you know Peyton Siva and Gorgie Zhang showing up for his press conference and all that stuff and yeah it would it would bring up all the old emotions and, and make me happy and enthusiastic about the future but for me with the Kenny Payne thing and not being a person who experienced the glory days of the 80s it was just it's hard to resonate the same way texture says you all really missed the boat on the uh TK to Cutter to Qatar World Cup, he would be a treasure treasure to that country. We were going to send him, but then we decided we need him here to make sure that our audio is working well at Oxmoor Ford, and that's why <laughs> we're we're doing the show on a cell phone right now. Otherwise, he'd be in he'd be in Qatar right now, giving us updates from USA somehow England. I feel I'd become a prisoner of some, <laughs> some kind of Qatar. Like I'd be arrested somehow. You, I mean, we know how you get, get arrested. You would get grinded. <laughs> <laughs> Texture says, if the Scoots TK bet ends one to nothing, I smell a Netflix movie dramatization deal. <laughs> it would be, I mean, I would enjoy a documentary series on that, a 30 for 30, the greatest bet ever made. Highlights of EMU losing by 45 to uh, to Central Michigan or to, you know, Miami of Ohio, and then showing the, the Kenny Payne struggles. What if it came down to the last week of the regular season and, like, we're playing, we, like, we beat Virginia. To, to, to pull out a tie in the bet somehow. It's our one win. It'd be a storybook ending. It'd be fantastic. We just on pins and needles watching the just, last game. Just pins and needles <laughs> watching the game. Texas, I um, follow up. I'm in my mid-40s. I remember Kenny Payne from 86, but I still can't shake the UK off of him. He and Purvis never came back uh, for post-playing days, events, and games, which also plays in that feeling. I knew Purvis didn't. I, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't keep tabs on which Louisville former players are coming back for reunions and which aren't. But Purvis, obviously not coming back, stood out to, to a lot of UofL fans. I wasn't aware that Kenny Payne didn't come out, didn't come back uh, to the same extent that Purvis didn't. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I guess even if you did experience the 80s, you may at a certain point start to view Kenny Payne as the U.K. guy because he was so instrumental to their success. And, yeah, to, to the, the Texas original point, he was at U.K. longer than he was at Louisville as a player. I mean – Four years here as a player. I think he was at, with Cal for, what, six full seasons at UK and was instrumental on the recruiting trail. Uh, inst- you always saw him on the bench. He coached a couple of games after Cal um, got ejected. So 
understandable that you may think that. All right, a couple textures asking us to switch back to football. We'll do that after the break. Um, I guess I'm going to keep doing this on the cell phone for an hour and a half. We are here at Oxmoor Ford. Stop by anytime this weekend. Come out here, mention the Big X. You're going to save $500 off their best deal. That is the Oxmoor Ford guarantee. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We'll continue next here on Back in Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We are coming to you live from the remote UL College of Business Studios. Today, that studio is here at Oxmoor Ford in the heart of St. Matthews. Stop by Oxmoor Ford anytime this weekend. Mention The Big X and you're going to save $500 off your best deal. They've got a 0.9% plus 1,000 uh, on Edges and Explorers. They've got certified pre-owned Lincolns with uh, rates as low as 0% for 36 months. And again, mention Big X this weekend. When you stop in, you're going to save $500 off their best deal. I'm sitting here talking on a cell phone doing the show because technology has once again failed us. But fear, fear not, Trevor Kelsey is on his way across the bridge to go to Jeffersonville to do the last hour of the show. So we'll hear from TK. We'll do our picks. We got I mean, we missed the pick segment last week. I did it with Keith. We didn't get Trevor's picks. And it's important to do it this week because it's the final week of the regular season, and we're all tied. We've got this weekend, and then we've got the championship games next weekend. So we've got to make some plays here. we we, we got to get some picks in. we got to make sure that we have a clear and decisive winner before we move on to bowl season. So we got to get TK in the pick segment. If you're wondering, there is plenty of college football going on today. It's the best thing about Thanksgiving week outside of food and family. You get three consecutive days of big-time college football. A couple of finals already. Tulane in a top-25 matchup against Cincinnati takes out the Bearcats on the road, 27-24. Texas, number 23 in the country, takes care of Baylor, 38-27. Boise State, our Boise guy, I'm sure very happy about this, takes care of Utah State, 42-23. A couple of MAC games as well. And then going on right now, we've got NC State on the verge of potentially upsetting the 17th-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Wolfpack up 14-3 to right now in the second quarter. Arizona State up 14-10 to on Jed Fish in Arizona. And then Arkansas trails Missouri 17-7 to on CBS. Uh, all sorts of good football going on. Nebraska also taking on Iowa. Cornhuskers lead 7-0. That is on Big Ten Network. And we'll keep you updated there. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texas there, spend some time with me. I mentioned I had some some odds and ends, and we talked about basketball last segment. It got too depressing. We're going to move on to football. Cards taking on the Cats tomorrow. It's where our focus is going to remain for hopefully the remainder of the show. But early in the week, it looked like there was going to be potentially some rain in Lexington. It still looks like that's possible, but it, it doesn't look nearly as bad as it was kind of shaking out to be earlier in the week. It's a big thing for for this rivalry because, and you've probably seen the stat somewhere before, the team that rushes for more yards, the team that has the more success on the ground, by and large has dominated this rivalry. We saw it firsthand the last couple of years. Uh, Will Levis last year in particular 
rushes for 113 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, UK destroyed Louisville last year, 52 to 21. They had no passing touchdowns. All seven of their touchdowns came on the ground, and we know the strength of this year's Louisville team is the run game. The run game is a big deal under Scott Satterfield. They've been at least a little bit more balanced in the years prior. But Louisville has never really gotten that passing game going, whether it's been Malik Cunningham, whether it's been Brock Doman, and we don't know who the star is going to be right now. Neither one of them has really been able to just light it up through the air. The, the, the traditional run game has been the crux of this offense. And I think with Chris Rodriguez and now UK going back to having more design runs with Will Levis, that's still the strength of their offense this year. I know Will Levis is, is being described as this very high-level NFL draft pick. But their passing game has not gotten it going, and they've got good receivers. So maybe they try something different uh, against Louisville on Saturday, try to open it up. But Louisville, very, very good at, at getting to the quarterback. Number two in the country in sacks. They also have done well when quarterbacks have gotten rid of the ball. Number uh, five in the country in interceptions. It's a Louisville defense. That's been their strength so far this season. So if the ball is a little bit wet, if there is some rain, it just is going to be even more of an emphasis on the run game this year than it has been in years past. And that's saying something, because since this rivalry resumed, 23 of the last 25 meetings, the team that's rushed for more yards has won the game. There's only been two exceptions. Kentucky lost in 2014 despite winning the running battle. That was the the Kyle Boland game where Reggie Bonifon gets hurt. Will Gardner was already hurt. Boland comes in and throws it to Devontae Parker, and, and the UofL makes a, a nice comeback. And then the only, only other exception was the game that we don't like talking about, one of the games we don't like talking about, 2016, the Lamar Jackson game. Uh, Louisville and Jackson rushed for more yards, and UK got it done through the air. Um, besides that, the team that's run the ball more effectively has won the game. Kentucky also, uh, we, we should say, they have done very, very well in this rivalry when they win the turnover battle. We've mentioned how Louisville – Overall, under Satterfield has been much, much better when winning the turnover battle. But Kentucky, when they've won the turnover battle in this rivalry, every time but two, they've won the game. Favorites also pretty good in, in this series. Favorites have won seven of the last nine games and are 17-10 and 10 overall in the, uh, the Governor's Cup rivalry. Of course, that did not, unfortunately, play out last year. Louisville was a narrow favorite in that game and lost by 31 points. So, you know, that's <laughs> it is what it is. Um it's also the oddest storyline of the rivalry series this year is the fact that Louisville is the team coming in nationally ranked. We found that out on Wednesday night, or Monday night, I guess. The CFP rankings come out. Louisville pops in at number 25. Kentucky was ranked last or two weeks ago. <clears throat> they fall out of the rankings after the loss to Vanderbilt. They were ranked as high as number 10 earlier this year. They've been in the rankings for the bulk of the season. Louisville has not sniffed the rankings for most of the year. And now going into this final game of the regular season, the cards are number 25, the cats are unranked, and this is the, let me see right now, this is the ninth time against Kentucky that Louisville has gone into the game nationally ranked since the series resumed in, in, in uh, 1994. It's the first time they've been nationally ranked going into this game since 2016. UK has only been ranked twice going into this game. And uh, last year was one of the years, technically, because they were ranked in the coaches' poll, but they weren't ranked in the CFP rankings or the AP poll. So it feels like kind of a throwback to old times. Louisville, the little number next to their name. Kentucky, 
uh, you know, fighting to be six and six or you know whatever they, they you know they were in years past. That's a nice little throwback. We need to have the ultimate throwback, which is Louisville actually winning this game. Um, it's, I, I think, a, a positive to see U of L back in the national rankings. But it's also one of those things where if you lose the game to Kentucky again, everybody just drums up the old storylines, right? You feasted on weak conference opponents. You feasted on a weak non-conference schedule, even though it included a good win over UCF, but they're from the AAC. It ain't SEC football, right? If you get beat by UK and they look physically superior to you once again, then the storylines that we've heard after each of the last three losses will only rear their heads up again. And, you know, last year the talk was all about the spread. How is Louisville favored? Is this right? This feels wrong. And then when UK wins by 31, it's you know, laughable. We all made all this money. This year it's kind of the, the national rankings thing. Yeah, UK's got a worse record. Yeah, UK's out of the rankings. Yeah, Louisville 7-4. and four, They're the hotter team. They've got the little number next to their name. But recent history says UK's still big brother. UVL's still little brother. That will play out when they get to the actual field. Hey, Dugan. Dugan's back. We'll find out if that storyline winds up playing out again. We've got uh, yeah, TK's going to the studio. Did you hear all that? I heard that on the radio, yeah. but not from TK. Yeah, you're going to take the equipment, I think. Uh, we're going to figure out how this is going to work. Um, <clears throat> so those are the odds and the ends. This year, by the way, if you're wondering, Louisville's spread, the spread has been kind of on point when it comes to Louisville. They're 7-4 and four overall as a team. They're 7-4 and four against the spread. They've been an underdog five times this year. They're three and two straight up in those games. So hopefully they can pull a, a fourth upset and make this happen. They've been pretty good. The, the spread has been kind of on point when it comes to Louisville games this year. And three, honestly, feels about right right now uh, as a three-point underdog. The team that has won the turnover battle, by the way, the stat that I was mentioning earlier, they've won 16 of the last 22 games in this rivalry. So turnover battle, always impre- important for Louisville under Satterfield. Turnover battle, always important for this series. You'd think it would portend good things for a Louisville team that has been very, very good taking care of the ball since the beginning of the season and very, very good at turning opponents over. But we'll see how that plays out on Saturday. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line if you want to weigh in there. Football, basketball, whatever talk you want, let's make it happen. Texas says, let's switch the football because the basketball talk is depressing. I was confident in the Governor's Cup coming home until this week. This week, all I can think about is how I felt good about it the last two games, and we got blasted. I'm expecting a loss until I see Sats teams get up for this game. It's a mindset that I think is completely understandable to have if you're a Louisville fan. It's a mindset that I, if I'm being fully honest, continue to have as a Louisville fan. It's one that I had last year. We went into the, the Governor's Cup week, and again, Louisville was favored. And Louisville was the team that seemed to have the momentum. Kentucky was the team that seemed to be wilting late in the season. And I started the week by saying the assignment for Trevor and the assignment for all the listeners was get me on the the optimism train because if Louisville's going to win this game something has to look it's going to have to look extremely different than the last time these two teams played and the last time these two those two teams had played at that point had been 2019 they didn't play the 2020 season and like I was like I think it's going to be different I think it'll be closer but I just can't get the image of UK doing whatever they want to against Louisville in the trenches out of my mind and Sure enough, I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was, but Louisville's manhandled. They lose 52-21. to 21. It probably could have been worse if UK had wanted it to be worse. And a year later, I feel like we're kind of sitting here in the exact same boat. Now, I don't think this year's UK team is as good as last year's team. 
I do think this year's Louisville team is better than last year's team, but we thought the same types of positive things going into Thanksgiving weekend last year, and it blew up in everybody's face. So for the text line, the texture there, having that mentality, I completely understand it. I, I, I think we're all excited about this team winning five of six. We're all excited about Scott Satterfield seemingly shoring up his job for at least a, another year, or at least getting a contract extension. But when it comes to this game in particular, I'm kind of of the I'll believe it when I see it mindset. And I'll tell myself a little bit here. The the Herald leader reached out. They, they were doing the media predictions today. Uh, John Hale sent me a, a nice message saying, would love to have your pick. I picked UK to win the game. I picked them last year too. And it, I think my rationale was, it was basically just a differently worded statement that I'm, than the one I made last year, which was, on paper, sure seems like Louisville's bridged the gap. Sure seems like Louisville's the team that's playing the better football. But I can't shake the images of the last two years, specifically, from my mind. I think Louisville will be more competitive, but I don't think they get the job done. I, I, I took UK 31-23, to and I believe Hale tabulated it. 37 media members made their pick for the game. 26 took Kentucky and 11 took Louisville. And I think that's probably a higher percentage than if you're just looking at national predictions for this game. I mean, all four members of the CJ Sports staff, which is not Louisville leaning. You don't. I mean, you've got a lot of people who are not from around here. Brett Dawson, uh, he covers the U of L basketball team. I think he picked the game, but he's used to cover UK as well. All four of them picked Louisville, and you're seeing some people nationally. I think hop on that train. But a lot of people who cover both programs are kind of taking that same mentality of if we hadn't seen the last three years, maybe we'd be picking Louisville to win this game or maybe we'd be picking this to be a closer game than we are. But it's it, it's jarring how dominant Kentucky has been. We need to, you know, you know, last year the most common response that I got from people who were trying to to say that the past doesn't matter anymore, this is new, was that Scott Satterfield finally understands the rivalry, right? 2019, Louisville gets pasted. Satterfield comes out to midfield. He's complaining about the L's down, the players doing it. And Mark Stoops basically tells him, like, like toughen up, buttercup. Like, after the game, he's like, if that's going to make him upset, he's going to see way worse stuff in this rivalry moving forward. Like, he's going to have to get over it. And last year, Satterfield echoes that sentiment. He says time after time after time, you know, I didn't really know what I was getting into. Now I know we're going to be ready. We're going to be focused. And the result was even worse. So I think Satterfield understands the rivalry. I think he's going to be, you know, I think the players will be up for it. I think Satterfield's approach this year has been more about, like, not, you know, understand the rivalry. You hate these guys. It's been more about keep your head. Hopefully that mentality leads to a better result. But, again, we're going to have to see it. Texas says, do we have any updates on which quarterbacks uh, quarterback will play? We don't. They have remained really, I, th- I think, on message the entire week. Satterfield came out on, on Monday and Tuesday and said, you know, Malik's day-to-day. Um, we're, we're not going to get an update until probably later in the week. We'll see how he practices. I, the only thing that I think you could kind of look at and maybe read a little bit into the tea leaves was Satterfield saying Malik was close to playing last week against NC State because, I mean, I, I said on the show, I, I kind of assumed all week last week that it was going to be Brock Doman, that it wasn't going to be Malik. And the fact that he was that close to playing says to me there's a much, much better chance 
of seeing Malik this weekend against Kentucky. Maybe it's gamesmanship. Maybe he's trying to force Mark Stoops and company to prepare for a different quarterback or to assume that it's going to be Malik who has his number called on Saturday morning. But it sounded – Satterfield's been pretty straightforward throughout his tenure here. I, I'm t- choosing to take him for his word. My, my hunch is that we're, we're going to see both quarterbacks. I can see Malik starting. I can see if they find out early on that he's a little bit dinged up. Maybe the shoulder's not uh, operating at full capacity. Maybe he's still playing with that giant Mickey Mouse hand cast, and, and it's, it's affecting his ability to run to the left side, and they go with Brock Doman. But I'm going to guess that we see both quarterbacks on Saturday. But, but that's just a, a straight guess. Mike, I've been instructed to tell Trevor, take a U-turn. Why? Why is that? I'm not sure. Just what the boss said. Okay. So Trevor's coming back here? If he hears this. If he hears So the equipment's going to work. Okay. Yeah, Trevor. Tre- hopefully Trevor's listening to the show because I, ha- I have his phone. So, 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 Trevor, if you're listening, one, we love you. You look great. You turn it. Two, you turn it and come back here to Oxmoor Ford. We've, uh, we've apparently got working equipment. We can do the show here. We'll do the last hour. It's going to be great. You're going to have a fantastic time. You're going to love it. Um, Texas says, if forced to choose an interim cards basketball coach this season, who was a previous head coach for Louisville not named Patino? Who would it be? I mean, you, so you're giving me two options. I mean, I'm assuming that ghosts aren't in play here, but that's, I guess, three options. You, you've got Denny Crum, Chris Mack, and David Padgett. I mean, I love Denny. I don't think health-wise he's – I don't know if he's up to the job right now. Maybe he could be like a – you know, get a staff around him, and he could just be kind of a figurehead over there. But, I mean, what, what kind of a question is that? I, don't, I have no idea. I, I mean, I don't know. By the way, mark this down. I, I'm calling it right now. Rick Pitino's taking a power conference job at the end of this year. I'm calling it right now. It's going to break my heart, too. It's going to absolutely happen. And here's one to circle. He's had two kids and a niece go to Georgetown. And Georgetown is flailing. They're going to fire Patrick Ewing at the end of the season. Keep an eye on that. But it's going to break our hearts if, if this year goes poorly and now you've got Patino vindicated by the NCAA, open to take power conference jobs, probably going to get a nice little contract. It's going to be tough to watch. It's going to be tough to follow. Texas says, Mike, uh, this game for me seems like a game of what team has a star step up. They have Rodriguez, Levis, and Brown, plus a great defense. We have a great defense, but I just don't see a guy for us stepping up and shouldering a load until I see it. It's, I mean, the obvious answer on our side is, is Malik, right? Like, like he's, and he hasn't been as good as we'd like him to have been this season up to this point, for sure. I don't think that that's overly critical. I don't think that's anything other than stating the obvious. We've been wanting him to step up in the UK game every year that he's played in it, and it hasn't happened. He's been especially bad in these games. And if it's not going to be Malik, I think it's fair to look around and say, who's it going to be? It was Jawar Jordan last week against NC State. He was tremendous. But do you think that like, he doesn't exactly ring star power the same way that the U.K. guys do, that we're just reeled off there? The good news is if you're looking for Tyon Evans, it sounds like he's going to be fully available this week. He played, I think he only played a couple of snaps last week against NC State. Scott Satterfield said he's not 100%, but he's much, much better than he has been. So maybe it could be Tyon Evans, but... Yeah, the big problem people keep talking about the passing game being taking such a step back this year from where it was in 
even down years last season in 2020 and certainly in 2019. And the biggest answer, I think, one, the quarterback play hasn't been as good as it needed to be. But two, you don't have the star power on the outside. You don't have the guys that are, are able to create separation consistently. You don't have the guys that are able to take a, a seven-yard slant and turn it into a 70-yard touchdown scamper. You just don't have the weapons that you need to have an elite passing game. And so if you're looking for somebody to step up and become like a star, I mean, Tyler Hudson's the obvious answer, but Hudson is not a game breaker. He's been more of a, he's a reliable third down guy. He, he, I mean, he's got one touchdown catch this year. He's, I think, approaching an ACC record for most receiving yards in a season with fewer than two touchdowns, which is, you know, on one hand, it's, it's awesome that he's been able to rack up so many yards. On the other, you'd love to have seen him get in the end zone more. So I think it's a, it's a fair point. You can see guys for UK going off against UofL tomorrow on offense because we've seen them do it before. We've seen Chris Rodriguez have big games against us. We certainly saw Will Levis go nuts um, yesterday. And let's also bring this up. There's a very solid chance. And UK fans, you may not want to hear this. I think most of you are, are willing to admit I'm right. This is probably going to be the last game Will Levis plays for UK. He got asked about playing in the bowl game the other day, and his answer was, it was like Lane Kiffin, turning down, I'm using air quotes, the Auburn rumors. Like He was like, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. He's not playing in the bowl game. He thinks he's going to be a first-round pick. People are projecting him to be a first-round pick. This is very likely the last time that you see him play in a Kentucky uniform, and you've got to assume that the, the staff and, and Levis are going to go all out because of that. Like he, you know, They've been shying away from the design runs for Levis this season so far. They wanted him to have more of a chance to show himself as a passer. They wanted to use Rodriguez and the other backs in a traditional run game. They didn't want Levis to get hurt. It's the last game of the year now. Like They're going to bust out everything that they can, and they also had a ton of success last year with designed runs for Will Levis against UofL. So I, I, I fully expect Levis to want to, to show out, and I fully expect the staff to want to put him in an opportunity, put him in positions where he can put up gigantic numbers against Louisville and go back to what he was doing last year, throwing the L down and counting his number of touchdowns. Like That's a real concern for UofL. And hopefully, I mean, it was nice to hear Brian Brown during the, the Monday press conferences say, we know he can run. We know he's a runner. Uh, it will be a, a far cry from last year's game where afterwards Satterfield's like, we didn't expect him to run. We don't think he's much of a runner. And that was, I think, the, uh, the big takeaway that made UofL fans so upset after that game. So uh, we'll see what happens. Texas says, how many cigarettes do you think Trevor will have smoked in the car before he gets back? I'm, I'm just hoping he heard. I'm hoping he was listening to the show and not flipping over to listen to to Ennis or Sweeney or whoever else is on or you know, national radio podcast. Hopefully he was actually listening to our show and so he's coming back. But uh, either way, he is. I mean, he was chain smoking here, so he was. You know, it's it's who he is. It's what he does. Texture says local kids tend to come up big in this game. Going back to Bowen and Weaver, who makes an impact this year? I'm going with Ford, assuming Brock Doman starts. Malik seems to press too much in this game. Ford's a safe pick. I mean, he's been. Uh, reliable for us and also you're right if Brock Doman does start in this game he seems to be his number one target he definitely loves going to to Tyler Hudson uh, in amount but it seems like he uses Marshawn Ford in the passing game more than Malik Cunningham does so Marshawn's a safe pick I mean if you want to look uh, defensively you Josh Minkins is out there you've got a couple of other local guys that have have played big roles for this team maybe Josh Lifson tears it up again maybe we get Isaac Martin going crazy at tight end you never know um, but it's always good to see local guys have their day I mean Devontae was fantastic in this series. Um, certainly Kyle Bowen comes to mind, and it's been uh, yeah, it's a, on the other side too. I mean, Keenan Burton had big games against Louisville. Some local guys have, have played big roles for UK. 
here's hoping that if a, a local guy plays a gigantic role in this game tomorrow, it'll be uh, one of the guys wearing white and red. And we did find out today, by the way, that Louisville will wear white tops, white bottoms, and red helmets for this game tomorrow. It's, you know, I've been of I've been a big proponent for U of L and UK coming together, getting the ads together on the same page, and saying every time these two teams play in any sport, cards are wearing red, cats are wearing blue. Let's make that a thing. Other rivalries do that. You know, the home team doesn't wear the traditional colors. The road team doesn't have to wear white. BYU and Utah, whenever they play in any sport, it's red versus blue. Um, it looks smart. It makes sense. Let's do it. They're not going to do it tomorrow. Cards are going to wear white. But it, this is the, interestingly enough, the combo that the cards wore back in 2017, the last time that they won this game. So hopefully history can repeat itself and uh, this, this white and red look will lead U of L to a victory. Um, Texture says, watching NC State uh, in North Carolina and the NC State helmets are very fugly. Well, they're working for them. They're up in this game. So whatever's going to happen, whatever they're wearing, it's working. Uh, NC State leads, by the way, with the ball, 14 to 10, 3:46 left in the first half. There, that game's on ABC. Wolfpack trying to spoil. It's rivalry weekend. They're trying to spoil what had been a, a very, very good season for Carolina. And I think Carolina's already locked up playing in the the championship game next week against Clemson. But this would drop them to six and two, as opposed to yeah, they, they've already locked up. They're going to win the Coastal. They're going to play Clemson. But this would take a little bit of shine off of that um, off of that ACC championship game. Texture says, uh, I am politely requesting a TK play-by-play of the soccer game. That was earlier. We will uh, we'll, we'll miss. It did not happen. Um, before we take a break, before we get the 5 o'clock hour going, I want to remind you guys, if you have heating problems this winter, heat goes out in the middle of the night. you got small children at home. You can't bear to make it through the night without that heat coming back on. There's only one place to call. There's only one place that's open. It's our guys over at AirServe. At AirServe, they've got technicians available for you 24-7. They're like EMTs for your HVAC. Someone's going to be able to take your call at 502-264-9662. And then after they call, you have a technician available to come over to your home, whether it's 2 a.m., 5 a.m., 4 a.m., noon, whenever, and fix your problem. AirServe uh, is going to make sure that you are always breathing the highest quality air and that you're comfortable in your home. Visit them online at airserve.com Louisville or call them again at 502-264-9662. We'll have the 5 o'clock hour coming up next. Hopefully Trevor Kelsey will be back here. You never know. We're here at Oxmoor Ford. Stop by and see us. We'll be here until 6 o'clock. The Rutherford Show continues next here on Welcome in 5 o'clock hour here of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1. Again, we are live here at Oxmoor Ford in the heart of St. Matthew. Stop by and see us when you come out to Oxmoor Ford this weekend. Make sure you mention the Big X. Don't mention Trevor Kelsey. Mention Mike Rutherford. Mention KRC. Mention Matt Dennison. Mention anybody. But make sure you get Big X in there, and you're going to save $500 on the best deal that they give you here at Oxmoor Ford Lincoln. And stop by and see us until 6 o'clock. Uh, you know, give us the middle finger. Uh, I don't know. Give us a thumbs up. Flash an L. Flash an L's down. We don't care. Just stop by and see us. We've got working equipment here. 
I'm not talking on the phone anymore. It feels good. I don't even care what I'm saying anymore. I'm just glad that I'm not holding the phone anymore and looking like a damn maniac uh, as I was for the last hour and a half. But we'll find out. The, the big mystery here is what's going to happen with Trevor Kelsey. Because if you're just joining the show, Trevor, after the technical difficulties, left here about an hour ago to go to the, the OG studios in Jeffersonville where the plan was he was going to do the last hour of the show with me. At least I'd have somebody to talk to. We could get to our pick segment. It was going to be fine. Dugan brought equipment over here that works. Hopefully it works. Hopefully hopefully this sounds okay. We're not 100% sure. And then we had to, because I was doing the show on Trevor's phone, there was no way to contact him and say, hey, dude, come, come on back. So we had to say over the air, Trevor, make a U-turn, come back to Oxmoor Ford. We'll talk to you then. That means the big question is this. Was Trevor listening to the show as he was going to Jeffersonville? We're going to find out. If he, if he strolls in here triumphantly beating his chest, it's going to be a great moment for the show. It's going to be a great moment for him personally. If he doesn't, if he ends up, uh, if Scoots tells me that he's in Jeffersonville, then you know what? He's a hater and he's fired. I actually see him coming in. No. There. Yeah, he par- he parked in the in the customer spot. Walking which up he gets like, in trouble for that every time. Walking up like red at the end of Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I'm Andy cleaning the boat. Here comes Red. He's here. He's, he's, he's here. I, I, we just kept wondering if he was going to find. Literally pulling into Magnolia. Wings. He was pulling <laughs> into the studios in Jeffersonville, as we said it on the radio. Perfect timing. We've got TK here Perfect for the last timing. hour. Which means we're going to have a, uh, a quote-unquote normal last hour of the Mike Weatherford Show here, which is a good thing. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you've got questions, comments, thoughts, concerns here for the final hour of the show, please get them in now. We are 24, 24 hours from right now. It's going to be on. We will be in the heart of the battle for the Governor's Cup. Louisville, Kentucky will be doing battle on the SEC Network, bragging rights, saving their seasons, going into the postseason on a high note. It's all on the line tomorrow in Lexington at Kroger Field. If you've got thoughts on that, get them out. If you have thoughts on basketball, we also uh, will take those. A little bit less happy to have those. We talked basketball in the, the second segment for a bit, but we'd like to keep it focused on football here because this is such a big, big deal for U of O football. I'm aware, text line, that I sounded better on the phone. I, 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 can't, I, I couldn't do the whole show on the phone. I tried. We did as much as we could. This is... Live with this. It's way better than the first 30 minutes were, so you're going to have to deal with that. I'll re-give my, my overall take on this game, and then we can use that as a jumping-off point and get TK on here. Every year we go into this UK game, or if you're a UK fan, you go into this U of L game, and we all, I think, kind of say something along the lines of, this means more than just bragging rights, right? Like this one, it, there's more on the line here for Scott Satterfield. There's more on the line here for Mark Stoops. There's more on the line here for the direction of the program. And sometimes there's there's some truth there, but it's mostly BS. I think this year, at least when it comes to Louisville, that statement is is more true than it's been in most years since they moved the rivalry to the end of the game. Because if you win this game, there's no longer any debate about the status of this season. You may still not be fully on board when it comes to Scott Satterfield and, and his ability to get Louisville football back to winning 9, 10, 11 games in a season, but you have to say that this season goes down as a success. This team that was picked to win five and a half, six games, six and a half, depending on where you were looking at the over-under total going into the year, would have gone eight and four, four and four in the ACC, unbeaten in the non-conference portion of the season, 
beating a UCF team that was ranked for a lot of the season, beating Kentucky but was top 10 and seemingly having a dream season, won two ranked games over NC State and Wake Forest. That's a good season. You want things to get better, but for right now, for the snapshot in time, that's a good season. And you've turned the rivalry on its head. You brought the Governor's Cup back for the first time since 2017. You've taken this uh, this series that had become so lopsided and not just gotten closer, but you've won it. If you lose, and there are people out there listening to this right now who are saying, I don't care what this team does on, on Saturday. It's a good season. Satterfield had a good year. I'm on board. And there are some people listening right now who are saying that to themselves. And if you watch Louisville get manhandled again tomorrow, you're going to completely bail on that take. I might completely bail on that take. That This game does stuff to people. And if Louisville is dominated again by UK, and it doesn't have to be a 31-point loss, but if they lose by two touchdowns but it seems like they were never in it, you will have people who, t- who today are super positive saying, this guy can never get it done when the stage is the biggest, when the light's the brightest. He can feast on bad ACC teams, but he's never going to get you where you want to go. And exhibits A, B, and C are his three games against Kentucky. It's going to happen. If you win, though, the same people are making Scott Satterfield the king of, of, of Louisville. And this is, again, a golden opportunity for Satterfield to not just say, like, hey, I'm good enough to have this job, but to kind of be the man. You've got men's basketball off to a historically awful start. You've got people debating Kenny Payne's job security six games into his first year. This is a chance for Scott to come out and be like, you know what? You love me yet? You love? Come on. Give me that extension. I'm beating UK. I'm winning games. I'm bringing in recruiting classes you've never had before. Who do you love now? It's me. It's Scott. You love the D. You love my D. You love everything about Scott Satterfield and what I'm bringing to the table right now. This is his chance. This is his moment. TK, we haven't heard from you in like two and a half hours. Yeah, and you're still talking. How are you? How are you? Uh, I'll take a couple things to start off. One, to answer the text, or six. That's the amount of cigarettes, cigarettes you can okay. smoke between driving here to the studio, turning a little right around, driving straight back. <laughs> you get six. So for those that ever wondering the, uh, the span of... Of that that drive is a total of six cigarettes, three each way. Okay. Uh, second, because um, I've got so much built up, I don't even know where to start. I know. Uh, a week's worth of take in 45 I, minutes. I, I know, and and just, and just what you just said right there too, as well. I mean, I, if anything, this game for Louisville, you have to. I mean, you can if Satterfield can at least give the even the Satterfield haters a reason to go. Okay, maybe it's not that bad, and. You, you nailed it kind of right there where with all the negatives that Satterfield has in his past, all from even the bring Brom home, you know, damn you Vince for, you know, keeping him and yada yada. And I've been on that bandwagon leading the charge, pulling the whistle, throwing coal into the engine to get it going. Uh-huh. But if, if there's ever, yeah, like you said, there's ever reason to make us all kind of not forget that permanently, but at least forget it temporarily. In a time where Louisville's zero and six in basketball, I mean, the, the, you said, the, I mean, we just we just spent three days in Maui getting treated like the fat guy in his first day at Shawshank. <laughs> right, I mean, Two Shawshank reference. <laughs> I heard he was red at the end of Shawshank when I was like, like walking in, like is that red? There he is coming down the beach. I'm waiting yeah. for him. Can't He's here. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, we need this win over Kentucky right now more than I mean. There's more just for the football, just for the state of mind. A little basketball fan, a little sure. sports fans in general. Yeah, and I know the bas- the women's team will turn things around. And the volleyball team has done what it's done, and I'm, and we're going to give them love. But well, we we both know not to be mean to any other sport. Sure. It's, it's a two sport 
horse. I mean, it's, it's a two-headed horse, sure. and then it is basketball and football. And basketball's so bad right now. I don't know where it's going to get better. We're going to get just, just probably destroyed by Maryland on Tuesday. I mean, odds are we made A and M is the only chance I have to tie EMU. Florida State, we're coming. I mean, we're coming for you in Tallahassee. Didn't they beat Florida? No, they lost. Oh, did they lose that game? I thought I saw they were winning at one point. At they least they got maybe. beat by somebody else terrible again. Uh, I know they did do that. I saw Patrick brought that to our attention on on a thread, but. I thought when they played Ford, I thought they were beating them. I could maybe they were up when I turned it on and they ended up losing. No, they lost by nine. They, their only win is over Mercer. They lost to Siena by seventeen on Thursday and then lost to Stanford. They play uh, Purdue. That's going to go poorly on Wednesday. That's going to go well. Yeah, they've got <laughs> they've got Purdue and Virginia before they play us. We've got Miami and uh, and Maryland before we play them. That's going to be a battle of one and eight Florida State versus probably zero and uh, eight Louisville. I mean, maybe does, does, do I switch this, the bet with Scoots to to be Florida State versus Louisville? If you can, I mean, can I, can I get four? Can I get Florida State in this? There is no switch, switch from Trev. Oh no, no. There, here's something for you don't know. Scoots on the other side. He can admit this. He is a avid Leonard Hamilton hater. Despises him. Think he's the worst coach since anything. He and my dad would get along swimming. I can agree with that. Yeah, so maybe he should give me Florida State. Maybe I can kind of switch teams. Because you obviously have less hope about Florida State, right? Uh, no. Louisville is absolutely <laughs> helpful. Wow. He thinks less of Kenny Payne. He does Leonard Hamilton. That's not a lie. Well, <laughs> Leonard Hamilton has at least had some success in recent years. But yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better what you said before I took over the mic was about with Saturday for getting this win. We just It'll make the fan base almost forget a lot of stuff. And it'll be reminded at some point. But if you beat Kentucky... I mean, right now, you just we need it so bad. Never more. It's Halle Berry Monsters Ball. (laughs) Make me feel good. (laughs) Make us feel good. Are we Billy Bob or Satterfield? Which one? Which one are we in this scenario? We're Billy Bob, right? Are we Halle Berry? I think we're Halle Berry. Okay, I just can't decide which one we are. We need to. We need Scott's D to make a play. Satterfield does kind of have a Billy Bob Thornton kind of feel. I can see that. Yeah, I can see it too, especially in that movie. He's pretty even killed. Yeah. So I mean, I can see it. where are we gone? With Sorry, this? <laughs> that's my fault. I'm doing to you what you usually do to me. Oh, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, so we, we need to win. I just get just love of God. I can't ask for much more. Now, what we have... I will beg. Do I need to get on my knees and beg? No, you don't need to do that. I will get down on my no. knees. I, I can't get up very much. Duke, you don't have to help me up. But I will get down on my knees and beg. We all know me. how badly we need... I mean, not, not just the... Because the football program has been so up and down and more down than up recently. But the overall athletic program. We, we just... We need a, a big win here. We, we need something that... We haven't... We've had so few of these moments. And you and I discussed this over the summer. Whether it's football or men's basketball... Just those euphoric, like, can't go to sleep. Like, I'm so juiced that I want to – I'm reading all the quotes. I'm watching all the post-game videos. I'm, I'm seeing everybody's tweets. Like, I can't think about anything else for the rest of the night. We haven't had many of those nights. And typically, even when you go through, like, a downturn or a down – a little bit of going into the first exhibition basketball game. Just because the anticipation of wanting to see what this team but, would look well, like. No, but I'm saying, like, wins. Oh, like, oh, okay. I'm saying, like, games where you watch and we just – it's a huge deal – like we haven't even in a time where you're you're relatively down. You typically have a couple of games tossed in where you're like, man, what a great night! Like we beat our rival, or we had a crazy. Like the closest thing that we've had in football or men's basketball the last three years, I feel like was the UCF game a couple of years ago with the crazy interception return. Like we haven't had, we we had a we have a basketball win over UK, but it was the worst UK team in recent history. We've had a 
like no football wins over UK. We haven't beaten a Clemson. Our, our top 25 wins are, again, Wake Forest and NC State, which were, were good, but those weren't the types of, like, just over-the-top, like, we're back, like, oh, my God, this is crazy type type It's an insane team without their quarterback. They were yeah. treading water. They were doggy paddling through to, the, to us. I mean, like, this game, I think, would represent that for the – this would be that type of win for everybody. I'm t- it's just – one thing that does worry me – is the extra pressure added to Kentucky now kind of has backpedaled into this game. And and you've, you've talked about it you know, while I was driving, and you talked about it while I was sitting here, you, whoever you're on the phone with, I don't know. You you had a conversation pretty Just deep talking. into it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's like he chatting. He was a telemarketer calling on my phone. You answered it. The, the Louisville, I mean, going in – Kentucky on paper, Louisville should win this game. You would think. I mean, we're I know we're underdogs, but we're favored. Louisville's looked better against ACC competition. Whether it's what you consider an ACC competition compared to ACC competition, and nonetheless, we're still talking about Kentucky team that you know struggled with Missouri and lost to Vanderbilt. And I don't care what the ACC is compared to the ACC. Neither of those teams are any good, and Vanderbilt particularly. And now you have Kentucky. With where well, I've talked to my Kentucky fans and see them over the thing, you know Thanksgiving yesterday and talked to them over last week that. They're like, oh, you're just going to kick our butt. It's over. We're done. We suck. See, I'm not getting that. And, and I hate I'm that, getting, too. I'm getting a lot of we suck, but we're still going to beat you. Oh, no. I still get the we suck. I, I get the, oh, we're just, and, and I think it's more of a setup to where, in the perfect knife twist in my heart of the sports fan that has been the last least, especially week or so, that Louisville loses this game, and now I get Kentucky fans telling me, oh, yeah, we suck. We still can beat you. That's the thing. We still, we yeah. still crush you. And... It's like last year where Louisville was the favorite when they shouldn't be, and I know they're underdog yet only three points this year. I, I just don't. Louisville doesn't need any more pressure on thinking we're supposed to win this game now because this team either a we're favored over or b this team just lost to Vanderbilt and yeah we kind of super receptive if they suck. I think we've also all when it comes to this series specifically. We've been waiting for that 2011 moment where you know we went through you know, out of nowhere. You know, we're rolling around. We're dominating UK at the end of the John L. era. We're dominating UK under Petrino. And then Cragthorpe comes in, loses all three, even though two of those were, were competitive. You could argue Louisville should have won his first and last game against UK. Well, the first one was a 27-2, wasn't it? No, the second one was 27-2. The oh, first okay. one was Stevie got lose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the third yeah. one was Trent Geyser freaking Douglas catching it, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, a, yeah, it was a, like he was close in two games out of three, but we lost three out of nowhere to UK. Then they beat Charlie in his first year, in his first game, in a competitive game, but one that they were expected to win. And then they're favored in 2011. Louisville wins. And after the game, Charlie Strong tells his guys, like, you're never losing to those guys again. Like, yeah. we're never losing to him again. And he didn't. They, they won the next two years. We kept that momentum going when Petrino came back. And then now you're in the midst of this, again, seemingly out of nowhere run where UK goes from having lost to Louisville six times in seven years, five in a row at one time, to not just winning three in a row, but dominating. dominating. And you're waiting for you know, things to swing back. You're waiting for the tide to turn again. It feels like, I mean, for, for most of my life, Louisville has been a better football program than Kentucky. And you just kind of, you just always expect that it's going to, the pendulum's going to swing back in your direction. And recently, like, not only has it not happened, we haven't seen signs that it's about to happen. <laughs> and so... I think we're all just waiting for that Satterfield to give us that, that, that you know, hey, we're back. We're not losing to these guys again. It's our state again. They're on the downturn. We're on the uptick. Here's your piece of evidence that things are going to be moving okay moving forward and that I'm going to be the guy who can get us there. He needs to make it. Yes. <laughs> I was distracted looking around the, 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 the ox wall. He needs to, yeah, he, he needs to, again, you love a win at the very least. 
you've got to be in this game late. Like, well, it's got to be a competitive game. One thing I, I texted her, I, 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 while I was, again, on the drive listening to the show, uh, asked, I think asked about who you, the quarterback situation. Obviously, Doman playing last week. Cunningham, we don't know. Well, who do you pick? Who do you want under center to start this game? Coach Rutherford. Um, Assuming both are healthy, I guess. It's a good question because – because you answered like you thought maybe who was going to play, but yeah. I want to know in your opinion who you would play. Assuming if both are 100% healthy, I want Malik. It's a very shaky. I want. Like I still think. I mean, you got to remember, like last week against NC State, the offense didn't exactly light it up. Like, no, we, no. I mean, we was... won the game, but you had a bunch of people on Twitter who were like, "I can't believe I ever doubted Malik. Like he's so like Brock is terrible. Brock is so much worse than Malik, and and all this stuff." NC State's offense being bad, their defense is still solid. Their defense is good. Yeah. And also Brock made some good throws in the second half that helped us to to pull away and and secure that victory. But for the most part, it was Jawar Jordan's kick return and then some some big runs by Jawar Jordan and then a couple of big plays here and there in the passing game. I think the issue with Malik, it's not just that he hasn't been very good this year, and he hasn't. He has been so bad against Kentucky in all three of these games. And don't worry, everybody's been bad against Kentucky. But he has not... Put, put Louisville in a position where they could at least remain competitive. And I do think that he's, and you and I have talked about it in the show, you brought it up many times, and you're right. When emotions get the highest, he tends to let those emotions just envelop him and just take over. And we saw that firsthand last year. He gets into a little bit of a scuffle, and boom, mentally he's gone. Yeah. And he, he played real well in that first series, and after that, after the little fight, he was done. He, you know, throws the UK player down. Should have gotten flagged for that. It should, I mean, you can argue he should have been ejected from the game for that. Uh, it was a, a bad move, and then he just didn't play well. And Satterfield's talked all week long about our guys have to keep their cool. There's going to be stuff that happens. You've got to keep your cool. And it feels like he's saying it about he's directing it to everybody. But he's like, he's like, if somebody wants to listen more than the other guys, it's our starting quarterback. Like you've got to play. So I would go with Malik if they're both 100% healthy. But I would have a quick leash if he's going to. If it's if it's clear early on that he's just too hyped up for this game and the first two or three drives go really poorly, I'd be like, all right, we're going with Brock. I mean, can Louisville, can Louisville stand maybe falling behind in this game in any way? Probably not. Like, I mean, what would you put the limit? I mean, not seven nothing. Obviously, maybe they get the opening drive, take seven nothing. Louisville has to answer right away, correct? It feels like it. I mean, I and just, they did last year, and then it just and then, off. yeah, and then well, then Kentucky scored, and then scored, and scored, and scored, and then next thing you know, Louisville didn't answer until they were down by forty-two points. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like Louisville has to – and I know this is kind of the same, you know, thing for any, any Louisville football game with Satterfield's offense, but we, we I almost feel like – I know a lot of times you like to defer, but if Louisville wins the toss, I say take it. They did that last week. They, they took the ball. Okay, yeah, I can't remember. They, they I took got it against game late, State. so. And I think it was the same mentality that, that you're saying right now. They knew it was going to be a slugfest. They knew that yeah. both teams were going to just pretty much just run. And so they're like – if, if one side is going to force the other's hand and make them open up the playbook because they're falling by, we want that to be us. Yeah. Like, like who scores first is, is – and honestly, it was kind of – that NC State game, it was holding serve. A lot of, like, punting around midfield because they were like, you know, they can't score on us, we can't score on them. And everything changed on a dime when Jawar Jordan had the, 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 the kick return. Yeah, okay, like, yeah. you needed a big play, whether it was the offense or something else, to, to force their hand. And then NC State had to – open it up a little bit. They started playing quarterback roulette and they just never got comfortable. And I think that's your concern in this game if you're Louisville is that if you fall behind 10 nothing, start pressing a little bit on offense, you know what they're going to do. Yeah. They're going to have Will Levis design runs. They're bringing that in the playbook. Like I said, on the way, when you were on the way back, 
I'm I'm assuming this is going to be his last game at UK. Like he's he's not going to leave anything out on the field. You had me going Dan Fouts. So on. yeah, exactly. I'm like, he's Dan Fouts. He's he's leaving it all out there on the field. They're going to open up the playbook. They're going to have we know. Like he will probably have more design runs called for him in this game than he's had all season long. Like they're going to bring that back. And then Chris Rodriguez is a hell of a back when he can hold on to the ball. Like they'll rely on him and they will just they'll grind it out. They'll over And Louisville's only and Louisville's only way. And I know defensively we've been proved under Scott Steve, but. I mean, Louisville still is, is subject to giving up the run and letting a team control the ball yeah. in the line of scrimmage. You have to take that away from them. And you can't do that just by going up 7 nothing. I mean, Louisville has to get up early in this game and and just be able to control the, the pace of the game and do what right. they want to do. If they can't and they have to – because if we do fall behind and you look at – you say you're down 14 nothing. Say you're down 14 nothing. just for whatever reason, they get the ball, we don't score, they score on both possessions. We're down 14 nothing. And Malik is just starts pressuring and starts getting that pressure and starts, you know, you, you want to pull him. I don't even know even with if you pull him if Louisville can still come back from fourteen unless you can get some defensive turnover. We don't have a dynamic offense. Or yeah, I mean unless and that's the other thing. And I know this is you know beating a dead horse by saying this because it's said every week and Louisville has to not only I think win this turnover battle but cannot turn the ball over at all. Yeah. I mean if they're gonna win it, it can't be like three two. Yeah. I, I think it has to be like two zero. I mean, both teams are, and again, if you want to talk about quality of competition and stuff, like that's UK fans had that discussion last year going into the game, and they, it, they kind of were proven right. But on paper, these teams are so similar. I mean, they're averaging about the same. You know, the, the points per game is low. Louisville's averaging 28. UK's averaging 26. They're averaging the exact same amount of points allowed per game in 19.6. They in turnover battle like. Louisville's thrown seven interceptions. They've created 15 interceptions. Kentucky's thrown five interceptions. They've created 16 interceptions. Louisville's turnover margin is plus one, uh, plus 1.1. UK's is point, plus 0. 0.7. Um, the, the only big differential is UofL's had far more sacks because UofL's had far more sacks than everybody. No. Like, and the, Which is a good thing with Kentucky giving up the amount of sacks they give up. Yeah, and I mean, again, UK's offensive line has been so porous Louisville should be able to bell out, to, to go all out and, you know, kamikaze defense on passing downs and get to Will Levis and either get him to the, on the ground or force him to make some some errant throws. But if you allow UK to just kind of run it down your throats, then that takes away, like, all the advantages of, of blitzing or having that front three be so strong. Well, so, if you're going to blitz, you also got to remember, keep your containment because we've seen what Will Levis can do if you get it, you let him get out of that pocket and get and get loose off of a blitz, yeah. and he's in more man-to-man coverage. And they've got good receivers. He's going, yeah, he's going down. He's going down for 10, 11 yards. We haven't got an update on this because you've been gone since last week. But TK confidence level, where are you right now? One to ten. How you feeling? Game day eve. <laughs> Four. Four. I mean, I'm low. Bad. I that's am bad. low. I mean, that's I'm not. not low. That's, that's about average. I just, I, I, I just feel like I'm. I've been, you know, I, I, I went through this last year. I mean, and, and I feel like I'm, I'm just having deja vu without, you know, the, the topless women and no alcohol. I just, it, it just doesn't, I, I don't, I, you know, I know there's reason to maybe have more belief. Because at least for Kentucky last year, I mean, Louisville's argument was, you know, we played a better, tougher schedule, yada, yada. At least for this year, Kentucky losing to Vanderbilt. That's like the one thing that wants to make me, like, feel more confident. Because I know how bad Vanderbilt is. Yeah. But then again, I know how bad we've been and sometimes. Sure. And yeah. I know that. For the love of God, I know we could probably go in and lose to Vanderbilt ourselves for all I know. I mean, we lost to Boston College. Yeah, exactly. Point, point, one hundred percent points. So, I, I, I'm at maybe a four, three. I'm, yeah, no higher than a four. I think I'm a four too. I mean, I'm excited about the game. I feel like we have a a good chance to to 
pull an upset or at least you know, make it a very competitive game. But I just can't shake. I mean, I'm a broken record. I can't shake the images from the last yeah. two times specifically that we played. 2018, you can throw away. That team was losing to everybody by 50. They quit. They yeah, I don't coach. care about that. Yeah. But the two games under Satterfield where we were a slim underdog on their home field and we were a slim favorite on our home field and both games got out of hand and both times they just did whatever they wanted to against us in the trenches. I expect Louisville to be better, but you're talking about a big gap that needs to be bridged if Louisville's going to be not just better and more competitive, but win this game. And I'm, I think after the last couple of years, I'm in full, I'll believe it when I see it type mode. I think it can happen, but I want to see it before I'm like predicting it or expecting it. I mean, I'm just going to have, I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch the Georgia game, but only was it 16-6. I mean, was it, was Kentucky keeping with them or? Was that just Georgia just being like, you know, we're just going to run our wheels? And... You know, it depends on who you ask. Like, okay. It was, it, you know, I didn't get a chance to see the game, UK-Georgia game at all. I mean, so. it sounded like you know, they, they started, when they started throwing the ball downfield against Georgia, they had some success. They just didn't do it enough. And then, uh, you know, Georgia tightened up when they needed to tighten up. And Yeah, I, just, I figured Georgia kind of got up on them and was just like, we're just going to yeah. run the ball if we get a first down. We were down. playing at the same time, so we didn't get to watch. Yeah, so, so I was kind of, I, I, I saw the score, and in my mind, that's how I pictured it, but... For all I know, I mean, because I've seen Georgia do that with Missouri this year as well, where they kind of just kind of spun their wheels a little bit through the game and then it turned it on when they needed to and, and then pull away big time like they should but still won the game. Now, the the potential, because it, it would be great to just take be like the final stamp of disappointment on this season for UK, which started off so promising. Yeah, they're, they're talking special season. They're talking 10-11 wins. They're talking we're the second-best team in the SEC. You know UK fans will play it off, but oh, it was, our season was done already anyway. Right. We don't care. But, but, but still, like this yeah. would be the final like just mark of embarrassment. Oh, that'd be nice. You lost to this rival that you've dominated, that you were so much better than perceived in the beginning of the season, before the season, the middle of the season, and ended with a loss to them on your own home field. Like That, on the surface, is, is enough. But the real punch in the bleep for UK fans would be this. We found out last week that they gave Mark Stoops an extension. <laughs> They're paying him more than they paid John Calipari. So, wait, did you get it after the Vanderbilt game or after the Georgia before. game? Before. <laughs> before Vandy? So, we've, we found out that since they extended Mark Stoops, he's become the first coach to lose to Vandy in the SEC since 2019. Yeah. They lost to Georgia, which no, no shame in that. No, that happens. But if yeah. he loses to UofL for the first time since 2017, and this all happens after they've given him, like, this big extension, it'd be pretty funny for us. It'd be, like, we've, we've had so few times where we can, like, point and laugh at the other side in the last five years of this rivalry in any sport. This would be a great point and laugh, ha-ha, look-at-yourself moment. Unless we end up giving Satterfield an extension because of the win and that backfires on well, us. Well, again, we're just talking about tomorrow. We're just we're just talking about the moment for tomorrow. You know, the best part for me about this game, and not, and not just being Kentucky, there's so much I want to do to be Kentucky, but the most joy I may get will be after tomorrow's victory, driving back up to the studio again on Sunday, getting little Howard from that studio, oh, yeah. and bringing him down to Taylorsville Road and back across the river to Louisville. And putting him in the right studio. No, I didn't. I don't know if you did. Because you've seen Little Howard at the I've other studio. I've seen Little studio. Howard. We, we have Scoots here. Hopefully Scoots is, is listening to us. I didn't get a chance to listen to KRC this morning. They were on you know, with the hardest working radio station in, in, yes. in, the, in the business. Scoots, were they more of the mindset? Because there are two types of UK fans right now. There are. There's one, like Trevor said, his friends are like, Season sucks. Now we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose the game. We're gonna lose Little Howard. All that stuff. And then there's the <laughs> other. There's the other side that's like, we suck, but. 
we're still SEC, UofL's still little brother, we're still going to win this game, we're going to win it handily. Which side were Walker and Roush today, Scoots? They were more on the confident side of things. Um, I think recent history had them feeling good. They were pretty confident that little Howard is staying at this studio. So okay. take that for what it's worth. I could see Roush definitely. If you'd asked me to guess, I would have said that for Roush for sure. definitely. TJ, I would have been on the fence about because Raj or TJ, I think didn't he text you like a while back? It was like you're gonna the ultimate indignity is gonna have to be giving little Howard back to you or something like uh, I mean, that. I, think, I don't, I don't remember. I think maybe that was last year, but maybe I'm just imagining. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm with you. I, I could see Roush absolutely just being like, "Whoa, we're you know, we're still gonna win." Yeah, we're still SEC. Yeah, I mean, which is fine. Vanderbilt would be the second best team in the, in, the, in the ACC anyway. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah, yeah TJ's TJ's more sensible sometimes when it comes to that. But I could see him so. But, I mean, he's watched UK as much as anybody more than I probably have this year as well. And his wife being a little fan and having the, obviously the smarts in the family. Well, he's a little fan too. Yeah, he, and, well, that's Roush. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I could see him watching some. So I could see him being on the on the fence, but be, I could also see him being confident. Yeah. Which is yeah, you know, two types of UK fans. But they all the thing is, if you have every reason to be confident if you're a UK fan. It, you should be. Yeah. And if they win tomorrow, they're all going to take on the latter mindset, which and just like be like, well, you know, we weren't even that good, but like, look at you, huh? Like, oh, I know. It, like this will be the this will I'm, be the, the I'm thing. I'm really expecting it because the Florida loss has aged like a you know, New Jersey wine. Oh, it feels like it wasn't even happening this year. It's like, <laughs> like this becomes and and this is not like a, a knock on UK schedule or a knock on UK. Like this becomes kind of like their win of, of the season. Like yeah. like this is their. I'm not saying we're the best team that would have beaten, although we might be. But like, this is the one that means the most to them. What this did Florida is, end up doing? Florida sucks. And what? Uh, yeah, what they do? Five hundred, I think. I think they'll. Yeah, aren't they like six and six? I don't even remember seeing them. Yeah, I've, I've lost track of them so soon, long ago in the season. I don't remember. They're what they playing did. Florida State tomorrow. Yeah, which Florida State, I would assume, would win. But yeah, yeah, Florida six, six and five right now. Is that oh, today? Yeah, is that seven, tonight? Seven thirty tonight. Yep. Oh, uh, okay. I, I did see the. <laughs> what did you say they were? They're six and five. Six and five, okay. Because they lost to Vanderbilt last week too. Oh, did they? Florida lost at yeah at Vandy thirty-one twenty-four. I missed that. <laughs> so, the they announced the like the the referee pairings for today and the rivalry games between the ACC and the SEC, and we're the only rivalry game that has ACC officials. And I love like all Louisville fans were like, well, now we're definitely going to lose. Like, like, <laughs> we're the only we're the only ACC team on that list that would have reacted the way that we were like, well, we just got screwed. Have you seen the? I meant to bring this up earlier when I was doing the you solo just show. The thing is, you're not lying. No. <laughs> I meant to bring this up earlier when I was doing the solo show on the cell phone. Have you seen like the ACC network their official count? They had a a post out there about like who should be the conference defensive player of the year. And like Elijah Cansey, the kid from Pitt's on there. The, the linebacker from NC State's on there. They yeah. have three players. It's the same graphic. And like all these Louisville fans responded. They're like, Yasir Abdullah's numbers are much, much better. Like here's his numbers. And they're hiding the replies from all the UofL fans in the mentions that are, really? are trying to go with you. And now they're hiding all the replies from people that are pointing out them hiding the replies about Yasir Abdullah. I mean, it's just, first of all, why he's not on there is ridiculous. I mean... He clearly deserves to be, if not the front runner, in at the top of the conversation. Now, do the other guys maybe have better pro prospects? Sure, but who cares? Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I mean, this is, yeah, that, that, should, that means nothing. It's all about what you do this year and the stats you have this year. I mean, how many times, I mean, there's, you see guys put up huge numbers in a power pop conference and have no pro potential and, and, and not do anything, offense or defense, and, you know, guys that didn't put up the stats, all better pros, 
yeah, he him not being on there is ridiculous. Because where is he? I mean, he ranks he leads AC in sacks, I assume. Yes. Yeah. He's. Uh, I mean, he's, that alone right there puts you in a top five conversation, no matter what your team's doing and no matter what you think about anything else about that person. And our defense is like the second best in the ACC overall. Yeah. Like, I mean, by the numbers, you're talking about the best player on the second best defense in the con- in, in the, the conference. His stats are outrageous, and he's not even in the discussion. Like they they put the graphic up during our game. They had Drake Thomas, the linebacker from NC State, uh, Kalaja Kansi, the the great defensive lineman from yeah, Pitt, good and Jared Verse, the the defensive end for Florida State. And like their numbers are are, are good. Yasir Abdullah's numbers across the board are better. Fifty three tackles. His eight sacks are first in the ACC. Who's second? Does it say? No. Okay. His thirteen tackles for lost are third in the ACC. He's got two interceptions despite playing like on the yeah, edge. He's broken up four passes. He's forced four fumbles, the most in the country and the most yeah. in the ACC. Get out of my face to not even that's, have him on the ground. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's that 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 is just uh, an intern just that no, deserves not. not to get paid. It's Greensboro Bull. I almost said the word. It's 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 classic North Carolina Tobacco Road Bull. Like yeah. it's it's what they do. Get out of my face. Get, I don't they, want your refs calling our game against you. No, they don't even like us. We're, we're like Cinderella and the ACC's the stepsisters. Uh, Texture says, 502 414 uh, What is Trevor's good luck meal the night before we beat the Smurfs? What are you going tonight? Uh, I don't know what I'm getting tonight. Actually, you know, I, I blame you for this, but I was kind of leaning towards some Cracker Barrel. All right. You, you mentioned that. I know I know. maybe people didn't get to it hear wasn't it well. Bad. It wasn't Because bad. You, you brought it up during our, uh, our sketchy connection days. Which was we call the three o'clock hour, yeah. but uh, you had Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving because of your situation with everybody couldn't get to cook, and now you got me thinking Cracker Barrel tonight. The best part about like so, I say well, shout out to them. So Mary went and got the got got the food. She took Virginia because I was watching the Lions game, and so she that goes. Was nice, like, we're looking. Yeah, we, we had to. You never let her go. Yeah, she <laughs> she went. And she got the food, but like again, we both didn't. We had no idea that it was like a million people going to pick up their Cracker Barrel. Yeah, well. So she gets the food finally after like an hour. And realize they forgot like one of our complete meals, and so she oh, tells like no. the, the traffic cop she's like they forgot my meal. Can I? And he's like he's like he's ba- no they have a traffic cop. I, I know I'm just laughing. And he's like you he's basically he's like you've got to get back in line. Oh. And she's like no. And she's like I'm gonna go right here and talk. These people are 15 feet away. I'm gonna go tell them they forgot one of my meals. Yeah. He's like you can't go there. And she's like all right. And she just like goes right where she tells her she can't go. Yeah. <laughs> the person, and sure and enough, like, they're like I know exactly where you're. Like we'll go get it. I was like if that was me, I would 100% have just gotten back in line. Like it was. I Mary, we were so like, lucky. I'm, I'm not 100%. I'm, I'm sick. I've been in line. I got a kid crying. She's yelling I'm at this hungry, guy. She's, yeah. she's, like, she's like no way in hell. I'm not. I'm, I'm waiting another hour to get this meal. I was like I'm so glad that you went and I didn't because I would have not had. I'd have been like well. you. I'd have probably been like okay. Like, you already gone back in line. Maybe, but and also like you know in that situation like she can get away with way more than I can get away. She's yes. better looking. She's yeah. she has far more charm. Like she just she's more assertive. She she handles her business. Like I'm like you know like the cop would have arre- I would gotten arrested if I tried I, to fight. I, I don't know. I picture charm not being what she was using in the situation. It wasn't. It was probably more listened to. But still, she she gets away with way more than I can. <laughs> you want to ever obvious you want to ever have the opportunity to have children of your own? Get out of my way. Yeah, it was <laughs> so thankfully she saved the day. It was but they also I mean they they forgot. What you had by the way. Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuff. So you just went with normal. Mac and cheese, thing, yeah. Okay, okay. It was good. The, the, the mashed potatoes, they forget our gravy. And, like, dry mashed potatoes are... Uh, it's, it's, that's tough. The turkey was good. The turkey was good. That's what, they gave us turkey at the station. You missed out on that. And that turkey was really good. Oh, man, I didn't... Man, I missed out. I know. I, I'm not, I can't get mad at Cargo for missing up an order or missing some stuff because I can't imagine the nightmare that kitchen was going through yesterday. It's the line you described. It was, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, I feel bad for those employees, man. I hope they got time and a half. TJ texted in. Okay. 
Trevor, be sure to itemize those Riverlinks tolls. Trust me. <laughs> Long live little Howard. <laughs> I stopped some Riverlinks tolls. I got to pay. I got one. I got one just now for driving across and turn around, driving straight back. I just, I just spent eight dollars to drive for thirty minutes. <laughs> Texas, I'm not sure that there's been a game in the football series with as much on the line for both sides, the coaches in particular. I think there's more for Louisville than there is for Kentucky. Like Stoops, he, he already had his dream season last year. Now, like more on the line this year than than in, the, in other games in the past. Yeah, what they're asking. I'm trying to think of other games that maybe, I mean, a Joker's a Joker's Cragthorpe matchup. Let's I mean, be real. Like, like, there was a lot on line for Satterfield last year. If yeah. he if he'd won that game, this whole like, first of all, I think the whole like, Jeff Brom's coming here. He's talking to Vince Tyree stuff. Probably doesn't even happen. No, I mean you'd have a little bit. It'd be under the radar a little bit still, yeah. but yeah. But you'd be, have yeah. the fan base would have been far more comfortable with him coming back for another yes. year than they were. Oh yes, most definitely. And this year, I think you're kind of in the same boat where right now people are like, like, like last year going into the game, people were like, you know, he's he's done enough, he's done well, like would love to win this game. Let's let's go let's go get it. Like we love Satterfield, and then he loses by 31, and people are like, we gotta get this loser out of town. <laughs> it's it, I, it may not be that extreme, but if they lose by 30 again, like. The sentiment becomes very similar to what it was last year. Yeah, I mean, it'd be... I don't know what odds of getting Brian or Jeff back on the phone again are. <laughs> it's uh, probably low. I mean, I know, I don't... I, you know, but but I think you would definitely get, whether it be him, I don't think it would just be a once-sat-gone type thing. Yeah, if you lose... In the bowl game, it's kind of irrelevant, but that would just be, you know, poop yeah. on top of poop if you go to a bowl game and then get beat again like you did against... If you literally repeat what you did last year... In your last two games, the reaction will be similar, for sure. Yeah, and it's going to be it probably worse because Kentucky. I mean, last year, despite Louisville being favored, you knew Kentucky was a Kentucky was a better team last year than they were this year. Yeah, the line seems. I mean, Wanda Robinson just manhandled us last year, and, and rightfully so. You see what he's doing in the pros, despite his knee injury this, this last week. He's had a good rookie year. I kind of liked him to do it as well, but uh, you, this yeah, this isn't even as good a UK team record aside. I mean, just on paper and just. In looking at him, Texas Will Levis losing would cancel out the Lamar fumble from six years ago. Well, I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, because Will Levis is still nowhere near Lamar. He's level. not. No. But, but like the, you see why I've made the parallels between that game and this game because you know, UK's got their most hyped quarterback in a long time. Yeah, he's being projected still even now as like a first round draft. They have pick. had a number one pick though. Let's not forget they have. They have all this hope they become a top ten team. There's all this, and, and then they kind of flatline at the end of the season. They've control the rivalry against us they are again we were nine and two going into that 2016 game so it's different than them being six and five like they bottomed out far more than we did but we still were a team that was limping to the finish line with our star quarterback but still feeling like we are vastly superior to uk like if nothing we were 29 point favorites in that game like if nothing else we're like we're gonna dust these guys and play in a good bowl game go to the orange bowl and then everything changed after that game we have the stakes aren't the same, the, the setup isn't the same, but I feel like we have as much to gain from this win as they did back in 2016 with that win. Yeah, like it, it made Stoops, it made the fan base be more patient with what he was doing. Well, it, it, helped, it helped convince, there were some I think that were already patient, but it helped convince the ones that weren't. Yeah, for and sure. That, and that's what for kind sure. of is to, like right now, you're, I mean, you're going to have, you have some people, I guess, still supportive of Satterfield to a degree. I think there are out there. And then you have some that are still maybe on the fence, and then some that are just, even anti-Satterfield, no matter what. Even if you're anti-Satterfield, and I've never been one more obviously anti-Brian Brown than I have Satterfield. But if you're like completely anti-Satterfield guy, you beat Kentucky and you keep him, you're probably still going to be somewhat anti-Satterfield going into next year and need more proof. But you're going to be more okay with the fact that you are 
getting one more year to be convinced. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got to That's just off one game. We've got a pick segment coming up. Yeah, did you ever text me? Did you not do I it did. last Friday? We did it. Uh, Keith and I did it, and then like I, you know, we had flustered for marrying sickness and everything. I didn't even right. send you the picks. Okay. Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I did great. I don't even remember. Yeah, because you said you were going to send it to me, and then you never sent it to me. I forgot. So we're still tied. We've got to do our picks now. Before we do, reminding you, if you have financial needs, go to First Bankers Trust. First Bankers Trust, they work with you individually to help you meet all your uh-huh. financial goals. Wide range of services over at First Bankers Trust, including investment management, trust and estate services, and financial planning. Visit firstbankerstrust.com for more. Beating UK, not going winless in Maui, making money, doubling that money. It all starts with one word, trust. First Bankers Trust. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll pick some games. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 
I'm rooting for Bauer. I just think it would be fun to have something different. I mean, it would be. I mean, it's male Saint Exeter Trinity every year at the highest level, and it has been since I was like a little kid. As a Wagner, as a Wagner uh, Wildcat, you can never root for Bauer or Trinity or well, nothing. My mom went there. My brothers went there. I'm riding with the Bruins. I want them to win, but I'm, I'm picking male. I think they get it done on their way to another 6A state championship game. This would be a five straight uh, title game. Apparently, it'd be nice to see them the, the Bullet East rematch. That'd be yeah. That would be that would be. Bullet's only one loss. I mean, they male didn't have their running back in that game. That's a bull cat. That's a good story yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got tonight. Tonight we mentioned. This is the big game of the evening. Florida taking on Florida State. Florida State, by the way, quietly maybe the second best team in the ACC for the last no. few weeks. That win over LSU only looks better also as that season's gone along. That's why I'm saying I'm the smartest kid in my class. You're not wrong. <laughs> That's not but the Seminoles are uh, number 16 in the country. Florida limping into this game with a 6-5 and five record. FSU is a 9.5 point favorite. But you know what they say, TK? There are other records when it comes to a rivalry game. <laughs> yeah. Who you got? Uh, got it. No, I'm sorry, man. I'm going. Oh, I got I got the Oxford guys telling me go Florida. I gotta go against them, man. It's all about the Seminoles this year. Really? Sorry, the I chop knolls. Yeah, I, I can't pick a team that loses to Vanderbilt yeah. until the last until our last pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, noon on Saturday. Western Kentucky wrapping up what has been a pretty successful season. The Hilltoppers are seven and five and five and two in CUSA. They'll go on the road to take on an FAU team that needs to win to get bowl eligible. Hilltoppers are a seven and a half point road favorite in Boca Raton. Trevor, who you got? Ooh, I haven't followed FAU enough this year, but I know I, I've been good on riding with Western. I'm gonna go with the Topper again. I got the tops too. Yeah, uh, yeah, the tops been pretty good to us so far. They've kept that offense rolling after even losing after Zappy and the offensive coordinator. Also on Saturday, 3.30, Big Ten Network, a little guy by the name of Jeff Braun, potentially going for a Big Ten West title on the road. Indiana cannot get to a bowl game, but they can play spoiler in a rivalry game. Purdue is a 10.5-point road favorite. Do they get it done in Bloomington, Trevor? Scooch, maybe my bet should have been Louisville basketball wins versus IU football wins this year. I would have never done that. (laughs) That might have been a a better competition for myself. Uh, We haven't brought Braun home. But he's bringing it home on Saturday. IU has no chance. Purdue rolls in this game. You do have to throw out all records when it comes to a rivalry game. But I'm going with Purdue. They're going to get it done. They need a little bit. I think they need Iowa to lose as well, right, to, to, to make the Big Ten title game. Who's Iowa playing? They're playing Wisconsin or something? Somebody not great. Oh, yeah. But, but also the Kansas. Neither Iowa's not great either. They're playing, they're playing Nebraska right now. Oh, okay. And that score is, what is that? Not great. You're right, Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska is up 17 nothing. Purdue could be playing. Can, I, can Iowa score 17 points? No, it's, it's an insurmountable deficit right now. Yeah, I don't think they can. I'm calling it right now. I've seen enough. Purdue playing tomorrow for the Big Ten West title. Oh. Do you even want that, though? Do you want to play Ohio State or Michigan in the title game <laughs> and just get thr- just, just walloped? All right. Uh, I would say that. Ohio State's look like it's played close to the best against some true. lesser competition. 8 o'clock tomorrow on Fox. The Kansas Jayhawks, good story to start the season. They have faded late. They're on the road picking on. Number 12, Kansas State. Trevor, you throw out the records in a rivalry game, but Kansas State is an 11-point favorite. Who you got here? Kansas burned me last couple of times I think I picked yeah. against them. And Kansas State's I've been 50-50 on, but I've, I've liked Kansas State. <sighs> this one's for you, Melinda. I'm going with Kansas State. So am I. Kansas State wins. We're, we're, on, we're on the same page so far. No, neither, nobody's we're stepping out. Separate, yeah. Taking a big upset. 7 o'clock ESPN. Jimbo Fisher has just sucked out loud this year. 
see the chance to maybe end on a high note. They host LSU, who's all the way up to number five in the country. Uh, Tigers are a 10-point favorite in College Station. Is it Jimbo's fault, or is it the weird yell crew people that are made it like a cold? Who cares? They're four and seven. They're one and six in the SEC. Can they salvage anything with a win tomorrow night, Trev? I feel like this is the type of game I pick against him because Jimbo is an evil human being and a bad coach. But I just feel like this type of, I, I, this type of game I pick against you, he just burns me. But I'm still going to do it because I just can't pick Jimbo. I'm going LSU. I think LSU wins and they win big. I think, yeah. I think A&M's quit. They've been a, a, different, a huge surprise since that week For one sure. Florida State game. 7.30, ABC, Notre Dame on the road taking on a USC team was still on outside shot at making the college football playoff. They're 10-1. They're trying for a Pac-12 title next week. Uh, fighting average have bounced back from their very slow start. They're number 15 in the country at 8-3. USC is a four-and-a-half point home favorite. Anything can happen in a rivalry game, Trevor. You throw the records out. Who you got? You said that every game, I think, throwing the records that's, out. The, that's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> Where did you say this? Was this USC or Notre Dame? At USC. I, I, I'm going to take Trojans. I, I'm, I'm holding on to this. This might feel like the game. This is the most I'm on the fence about a game so far. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with USC. Close win. Uh, I'm exact same. This is the closest I've come to picking an, an underdog, but I'm going with USC too. Uh, if it was another game, I would pick another game. I'm going home on this one. 3:30 ABC, Oregon, Oregon State. They can't call it the Civil War. Civil War. For whatever, but it's it Civil War. It, it's Civil War. Ducks are a three-point road favorite. Anything can happen in a rivalry game. You throw the records out. Who do you like here? What is Oregon State's record? Eight and three. Are they eight and three? Both teams pretty good. I literally have followed nothing of Oregon State this year. That's fine. But I have followed Oregon, and it makes me weary because I want to almost take Oregon State. You know what? I, I, this is like the game that Bo Nix poops the bed on. Ooh. I'm going Beavers. Eat them up. All right. Take it, Oregon State with the upset. I'm going quack, 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 Mr. Doxworth. Oh, here we go. Uh-oh. That's a big one. The big one overall for this weekend, and it's you know rivalry game. You throw the records out. Michigan, Ohio State, college football playoff implications, obviously bragging right implications, direction of the rivalry implications, number two versus number three. It's big nude Saturday on Fox. OSU is an eight-point home favorite, 11-0 versus 11-0. Who takes that first loss tomorrow? I don't know if you know this, but these two fan bases take this game a little seriously. They don't like each other. They, they just—I've heard rumors that they are not fans of each other. Um, oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one because I—I I, I mean, history wants me to go Ohio State despite last year's result. Um, but I—and I, I do like the heart. Uh, Revenge, Buckeyes gets a close win. I got the Buckeyes. I'm going in overtime win. I'm saying they win it covered. I think. Oh wow, really? I think Michigan's a little bit fraudulent. Uh, I'm going Bucks. It's understandable. I'm going Bucks by double figures. Okay. All right, the game, the big show, rivalry. <laughs> well, it's the big. Three show. o'clock, SEC Network, Cats versus Cards. I'm gonna go first because I want to pick last. Because I think I've already given it away. I think you guys. Know. Well, I think I did too. I know. I know. Like, <laughs> can we just act like we're not picking the game? We're, we're both thinking UK. We can act like we picked the game. All the equipment goes out. Well, there it goes. So okay, we're on record. Give me a reason why you sh- you are confident though. Give give a pump up spiel so we can end the show on something positive. But the, if, I, if 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 for hypothetically I was picking Louisville. Yes. Or just say something mean to Kentucky. <laughs> we, we, we can't end the show with us both picking you guys. The Cats cannot protect anything. Okay. The big blue wall 
is 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 as sturdy as me on on, on a one legged chair. Okay, this the, the thing could not hold up. This little defense, this little pass rush will feast like a Thanksgiving meal on the big blue escalator of all people going through. I don't know. <laughs> what, 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 what's a rotating door? Revolving, revolving door. The big blue revolving door. That's what they are. And Will Levis will be broken in half. I want I want every defensive lineman to do like Will Levis did last year. When you sack him, hold up the number. Oh, I like that idea. And at one point, Yassir is going to hold up a six or a seven Dude. or an eight. And we're going to go tie Dillinger for the WWE fans and go, it's a ten. Billy Bob, what is she? It's a ten. It's an effing ten. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to get to him. Rodriguez is nowhere to be found. Louisville scores two defensive touchdowns. Kentucky's offense is just befuddled. It's just befuddled. I love it. Uh, We need a celebratory show on Monday. Let's get this done. This would be... All that said. (laughs) We don't need to say it again. We've made our pick. Okay. Let's get this done. Let's make Scott Satterfield the king of the city. Become the dude on Floyd Street. Let's get this program going. Let's put to bed any doubt about the direction we're headed. Let's take the rivalry back. Let's take the state back. Go Cards. Beat Kentucky. Go Cards. Fantastic weekend, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. We'll see you guys Monday at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Beat Kentucky.